All right, today is Friday, August 25th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today we make small talk for, I don't know, as long as it takes me to update my Fortnite console. (laughs) Uh, Then we talk about Matthew, is it 14 or 15, and uh, all the way to 21, about the dog getting the crumbs from its master's table. And we talk to someone out of touch with reality and the lost tribe of Israel. Then we talk about how much should one evangelize. And then we... (laughs) We get into uh, politics, which I have resolved to not do. So, um, you know, I failed. Uh, I mean, I like talking about it. I don't shy away from anything, but I know other people, um, as I shy away from anything, but I know other people, you know, can kind of leave a bitter taste in their mouth. And the primary purpose of this is, you know, Jesus and evangelism and talking about Christianity. But there is some overlap in the way our countries run and stuff like that. So anyways, uh, the topic is raised. So we talked about the GOP debate recently going on and what people think about that. And then we end up talking about more stuff like, you know, God is evil, blah, blah, blah. Like, look, bro, two billion people are Christians, and not one of them thinks they serve an evil God. So how is that? Maybe you have a misunderstanding. Could that be it? Hmm. Yep. Yep. That's it. I'm calling it. Anyway, check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt. Support this podcast, sharing the gospel with people on the internet, and having discussions civilly about Christianity. Until next time, enjoy your weekend. Well, yeah, I mean, there's always so many, so many things. Well, new, but if you, you know, if you believe the Bible, nothing new is under the sun, um, except also the Bible says, you know, men continually invented new ways of doing evil. But I, I mean, there, there really is only so many topics. So it's like, well, look, here's Jesus. You don't want to talk about that? Fine. You want to talk about something super evolved and enlightened, like, you know, how many genders there are? Yeah, let's talk about that. Or, you know. Who's sticking it in what today? Or, um, I don't know, the more people are like, oh, we've evolved. We're so smart. We've evolved. And then the next thing out of their mouth is like getting all irate about like, you know, uh, the most base like sexuality things. That's I'm like, dude, you can't say in one hand you're involved. And then in the very next sentence, like say something that makes you sound like you're like one step away from a monkey throwing poop at a zoo. It's like all, all they do is sit around and, you know, like touch themselves all day, which is like the, the highest conversation we can have in the land. It's like, oh, how many genders am I? Look at this. Oh, I go with this. I go with this. I'm sticking this here. Um, it's just like your, your most base like thing about you is like sex, sexual stuff. So it's like if you're that enlightened, like admit you're a dumb animal, or if you want to be enlightened, like give us evidence that would make you believe that. What what, what was that? What was the thing? It was. I heard today. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it supports de-evolution. There was, there was a quote by someone that said, what, like, uh, oh, what was it? It was great mind, uh, oh, what was it? Small minds talk about people, regular minds talk about something else, and, like, great minds talk about I, ideal? I, I don't remember. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? There was some quote that said that. Nope, never heard of it, but I like All right, hang on. talk about ideas. Now you got to find it. Okay. Let's ask, uh, let's ask the great theologian of our time, ChatGPT. All right. What... Uh, hang on, don't, don't say anything because it picks up my mic when I do this. Oh, wait, I can't use my mic right Wait, can I? No, I can't use my mic right now. Okay. What quote said something about small minds talk about people? How do you like that words per minute? Um, great minds talk about ideas. Ever since they've updated chat GPT, like, um, it's been slower and slower. Okay, it's, uh, let's see, Eleanor Roosevelt, ah, small minds discuss people, 
Average minds discuss events. Great minds discuss ideas. Except, I guess, if the great mind is discussing the person of Jesus, then I would say that's that's also a great mind. But that's not what she means. That's not what they mean. I get it. Sean, what's up? How's your day going? You agree with that, Nate? Uh, Hang on. Let's see. Let's see. Well, I mean, if we're talking about, yes, yeah, small minds, like, hey, people, good morning, I take that. Good morning. I, I good morning. hear the conversation. I hear the conversation. Uh, um, well, let me finish what I was saying. <laughs> small minds discuss uh-huh. people. I, I take that as, like, you know, gossiping, nitpicking. And we see that on Clubhouse, right? Like, spend spend a couple minutes in these these rooms, and it's like, oh, who's doing this? Oh, this person did this. This person caused a scene. Oh, let's talk about John Lee for the millionth time. So, yeah, very small minds do that. Uh, that's how I take it, so I agree with that. Average minds discuss events. Well, I guess we're average minds because <laughs> we talk we talk about events every day. Um, so maybe maybe we're average. I guess that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, the general idea, like without nitpicking and pointing out jots and tittles, like generally, I get it. And then like great minds, like your visionaries would discuss ideas, like you know, let's let's explore the stars, let's get to Mars, you know, let's let's uh, you know come out with medical breakthroughs and technology. So yeah, I mean, I think that's. I think that's good. Like, maybe people could nitpick here and there, but I think it's fine. Do you agree with that? Yeah, makes sense. How about you, Sean? Yes, because uh, if we if we don't discuss ideas with one another, how in the world can we grow? I, I do agree that we need to advance technology, advance, advance, even advance our thinking. You know, back in the day, there used to be a class that was taught in uh, high school called critical, think- critical Thinking, but that class was taken out uh, unless you go to one of these high magnet schools. Uh, but it's, it's amazing to me that we don't think critically anymore, but we do want to be robots and just go, well, okay, if it flows with my political, social, economic, cultural base, then I'm going to flow with that but never hear the opposite. I, my cousin Roland Martin said, you have to be challenged on your thinking. Otherwise, how, you will never grow. All you're going to be dealing with is one side, and then that happens, everybody becomes a robot, and we don't want to do that. We want to be a, a thinking human being who, who uses wisdom, knowledge, and understanding so that that only comes from God by Jesus Christ that we can grow growth does not come just because we are oh well we saved sanctified filled with the Holy Ghost no growth comes because we study the word examine current events in light of the word and prayerfully prayerfully get the discussion of ideas, tasks, and events so that we can be a united body and not so separated. Praise God. Harold. Oh, is he on a call now? Well, let's see. Anyone else, feel free to jump up here and join us. If you have a question, topic. Otherwise, we'll we'll see what Facebook has to offer. 
I'm trying to weed out like politics and pride. Cause that's, yeah. Like you said, Marquise, like that's like the things we, we talk about most trying to get a different flavor. Hey rags. What's up? Good morning. Yeah. Morning. Let's see. Your child's name does not define their future unless their future, uh, unless their name is destiny, then she's going to be a stripper. <laughs> I have a topic of discussion. Don't know if we can, Oops, sorry. Don't know if we can make a religious discussion out of that. I'm just scrolling through Facebook. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, and then all the comments. Wonderful. You can't fight destiny because if you try and fight destiny, then you have to fight the bouncers <laughs> and the rest of the strippers too. Okay, maybe we should start reading the Bible. <laughs> uh, rapture cover-up is set up, and it shows a bunch of, uh, like, a spaceship and, and, like, glowy lights with fog. Um, which, you know, that's totally plausible. I, I don't I don't see a problem with that. Anyone have a problem with that? Like, if, if, if the rapture happens the traditional way of the Christian understanding, and lots of people are just gone, they'll be like, aliens did it. See, we told you. We told you UFOs are real. We told you this. We admitted it. They're real. That's what happened. Totally not God. Totally not that one. As they take pictures of like Independence Day movie sets and republish them as real movie, real uh, pictures yeah. and documentation. Yeah. So while we're on the hey, topic, that... yeah. What's up? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Like I said, this is my favorite Christian podcast. You have a you have a morning. pretty bad echo. Are are you in a dungeon yes, by I, any chance? I mean, I am in a dungeon actually. Um, it's where <laughs> it's where I keep my children. I'll be right back. One second. Yeah, get that fixed. We want to hear from you. Can you hear me now? Is it better? Uh, we can make do with that. Yeah, what's up? Okay, yeah, I had my AirPods in versus, like, phone mic. Um, so while we're on the topic of, like, Facebook conversations, um, I've been kind of, like, going back and forth, not arguing, but, like, trying to reason with this guy. And I'm going to read the post that uh, uh, he presented. So um, he said, I don't know who needs to hear this. But religion is just another form of control made by man with a little church. Hashtag stay woke. Be one with the spirit. So um, I was wondering, like, <laughs> Apostle, I was wondering how um, you guys kind of approach people who make statements like that. Uh, I personally took the um, epistemology of beliefs way, like asking him, how do you know that this is true? And then I get like circular reasoning and I explain to him that it's circular reasoning um, and just tell him to think more linearly when it comes to like the way you form your beliefs. So like how, how do you guys kind of approach? Be honest, to be honest, I probably would have left that on red. <laughs> like I always, always, that's why I, I, I wrote that in the chat. Whenever somebody says something like, um, I don't know who needs to hear this, but. And it's not a meme or a joke because some people will say it and it's funny and I'm like, okay. But if they're like legit, I don't know who needs to hear this, but I sort of, I'm a little desensitized to it. So I kind of just stop reading and stop paying attention to it and keep moving. To be honest, that's probably not the best. Maybe somebody has like a legit question in that comment thread or something. But between that and the, um, you know, this is why people don't go to church posts and the... There's like one other one. Oh, I'm about to mess with somebody's theology. Those statements are probably just just like, I won't even say triggering. They don't get me riled up. They like make my brain shut down. Like, okay, I stopped listening to full transparency. 
Um, well, yeah, they just, I agree yeah. with him. They just, they just show that you're going to have to do a lot of work for no return. And, and I mean, usually I, I can't help myself. I'll like, I'll look through the comments. Because there's like, I mean, there's like a hundred percent chance. Like, I don't think I've ever looked through the comments of some trash like that and not found like a bunch of people saying exactly what I would want to say anyway. So I usually like give a couple of those like a thumbs up and then I may like pick someone else that's making like a dumb comment in, in one of the comments and like address that. That's something like that's absurd, but not as bad as that. Because yeah, I like I've I've always found people would would typically say exactly what I would want to say anyways in the comments. But I mean that just shows that that just shows the you know it's like tell me you're indoctrinated without telling me you're indoctrinated. It's like real and they spit out all the talking points of like someone who's like anti-religion, like religion's man-made, blah 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 blah. It's like wow, where'd you hear that from? Like I hate God.com. It's like there's there's no original thought. You can you can just see the indoctrination is right there. They're regurgitating like line by line everyone who takes that viewpoint. Um, anyway, so I mean you can't can't reason with crazy. And Nate, so I mean even if that really yeah. you must have been really lucky because all the ones I see, I go in the <laughs> comments and everybody and their grandmama's like agreeing. It's like an echo chamber of two hundred and seventy seven comments. And I'm like oh. if I post if I post this up here, how many responses am I going to get that I'm actually going to want to respond to? Because then my phone's going to be buzzing off for the next three days of people going, how dare you? Oh, you're, you're part of the problem. You're part of the system. You're, you're, you're drinking the Kool-Aid that the, the white Christian man shoved down our throats. So whatever they're coming up with, like, oh, my God, I, I just can't. I just can't. Okay, that, that, you know what? That's fair. I, I get that, too. Um, I, I, Okay, so I guess the ones I'm talking about mostly, I'm on like these these Christian groups. So they will they will share things from from these places. So I guess my, the first time I'll see it is is where they share the post. So it, it automatically has a lot of like you know Christian responses to it. But sometimes when I'm feeling feeling frisky, <laughs> I will go to the actual source page, and yeah, there there is usually a lot more of what you're saying, like a lot more opposition, like agreeing, and it's just like wow, the blind leading the straight up blind. Um, in which case, you, you a lot of times they turn off comments, which is another way. It's like you know, <laughs> tell me you're tell me you're not open to discussion without whatever. But it's like you can't comment, so there's nothing I can do. Um, but if it's not commented, I mean, sometimes I'll just like cut and paste like the Christian responses from the the other thread just because. Yeah, it's like you said. What? How much time do I have for this nonsense? Uh, hey, most crew. times, most times, most times I, I, I hear that. <clears throat> what I call the blacker than thou theology. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Marquis, I know you can relate. Uh, you. Uh -huh. <laughs> King Ying, what's up, King Ying? How are you doing? Blacker than thou means that if I disagree with you on one point, mm, hi just on hey, one up? point only, I'm a sellout. Sean, I don't know if there's a delay or not. <laughs> we're, we're over-talking each other. I was trying to say hi to the new guy because we have a problem with new guys always leaving because we never talk to him. Uh, King Ying, what's up? Mm, uh, hello, I, I'm uh, only listening here. Uh, go ahead. Okay, if you have anything to say, just let us know. All right, Sean. Is that is it getting into those like you ain't black things, Sean? Is that is that what you're saying? Yep, that's exactly that's exactly what he's getting at, and I do know what he's talking about. Like, oh, you know, you're still a puppet of the, the master type situation. You haven't, you're still asleep. You need to wake up type stuff. 
you know, if you say, hey, do you know, the, the politics of the Democratic Party don't suit me as an entrepreneur. And that's why I like to live in Texas, because it's better for business, because conservative policies help entrepreneurs. And then they're like, what? So you like, so you're Republican? That's all they heard. You're a Republican? And oh, so how can you call yourself for the culture and also be Republican? That kind of thing, you know, or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> okay, okay, that's what you heard. That's not what I said, but that's what you heard. And then this conversation is over quick. Hey, Jeff. Good morning. Are you speaking, Jeff? Good morning. Good morning, Nate. You look different today. <laughs> yeah, I put this up and Chris didn't even show up yet. So I, I hope I'm not. You oh, just talked oh, to wow. Him. Oh, wow. my goodness. That is insane. Insane. All right. No, no one let Chris know that we've been like, you know, spirit talking him in here for the last like few minutes and it finally worked. So anyway. Um, so Ying Ying, I want to say something to you. I I think you're uh, you may speak Chinese, so I'll say uh, Yasu Aini. Um, okay. That means uh, Jesus loves you. By the way. Let's see. I know. Oh, oh gosh, I know like two things. It was like yes and no. <laughs> Jeff, Never mind. I don't even know you that. You made him leave, Jeff. Oh my goodness! You told him Jesus loved him. And, oh you know, I'm just goodness, I'm Jeff. Just that's the start I'm of the gospel. Playing. He probably, <laughs> he probably just like lost a signal or something. He'll probably be back. That's just funny though. It was great time. And, and unless he's like, I'm Tibetan or something. <laughs> okay. Still part I'll of bite. What's going on? <laughs> well, I put this PTR up just for you, and it took you forever to get in here. A little hurt. I mean, okay. Thanks for the comparison. Huh? not comparison he loves you he loves uh -huh. you chris yeah Thanks. how's your day going it's doctor appointment day so i'm oh. taking my father-in-law to two doctor's appointments well let's give jeff a chance to entertain you with his questions while while you uh wait what's up jeff you have a question or topic on your mind uh no not at the moment thank you oh wait uh nehemai is that something what does that mean that sounds like something ni I remember. Nihao Ma is not Nihao Mai. Oh, what's that mean? How are you? Oh, okay. That, does the other one mean something bad, or is the, the way I said it just not a thing? Like you'd say Nihao, like how are you? That's like the short in Chinese, you would say Nihao. All right, see see the range of people we have here. What, what a range we have. Uh, Ultimate Truth, what's up? What's up? Is the ultimate truth Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, by any chance? Nope. What is the ultimate truth? Uh, do, we, do, do you love Jesus? Yep. Okay, so if you do love him, I got a couple of problems with you then. Or he will be having a couple of problems with you. I believe. So that's my two questions. Jesus said, the only true God is a father. You say the only true God is a triune God. If you love him, you don't call him a liar. Jesus said he only was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. You said, no, Jesus, you're sent to the world. Uh, why you treat him like that? 
if you love him? Well, I would say, do you think that I am so confused in what I believe that I read the words of Jesus and then say, Jesus, I love you, but you're a liar. Do you, do you think in my head that's what I think? Or let me just tell you what I really think. So when he says he's sent to the lost tribe of Israel, if you continue reading, you will read the part where he says he was sent to the lost tribe of Israel and he was the cornerstone the builders re- or he was the stone the builders rejected but he's become the cornerstone and if you keep reading even further he says you're going to be my disciples you're going to go into all the nations making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit uh, so that's what you will read making disciples of all nations so the only way you get jesus was sent to the lost tribe of israel is if you don't read anything else after that so that's that's for one point if you'd like to respond to that um so my answer is i do not call him a liar i just keep reading the rest of what he said oh you you mean him he meant to say i am first sent to the lordship of israel then i that's what he meant that uh, he 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 didn't know how to speak is this is, is what he meant no, no, no. if he said you don't know how to read that's all dead all dead I don't know how to read. I definitely do know how to read. You I know the difference between... You don't. Just let brother. It literally is you. I am first sent and I'm only sent is different. We know that. Yeah. If you are a lesson in grammar, I will, I will give you a lesson. Yeah. Just let me learn. Chris, no one knows what you're saying, Chris. Just let me If you can't do it, if you can't defend it, you can. I said, don't make the difference. Make the difference between I am first sent to these then i am sent to then i will go to others you would have had a case jesus himself said make yes of course you can make you you can make disciple over all the nation why because his tribe is up because the 12 tribes are all over the nations you gotta go there and find them oh you you forget about that verse go find them in all the nations oh so he's talking still about lordship of israel they remember they lost they got to be put together. Oh, so you got to go find them. Does it make sense now? Yes. No, it doesn't. Because you're completely illiterate. So, yeah, let me just read this. You're calling Jesus a liar, I guess. Or, you know, I wouldn't even say that. I'd just say you in a nice way, trying to be a good good example for Chris, in a nice way, I would give you the benefit of the doubt and say you're not trying to call Jesus a liar with what you're saying, but I would say you are grossly messing up reading comprehension at its most basic level. Um, so when you say, go into the disciples or, you know, go, go into all the nations and make disciples, you have to go, you have to go find the people from the lost tribe that have scattered out. You have to go find them. <clears throat> Let me just read this. Now, uh, Matthew 28:16 to 20. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And he saw they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority has been given in heaven and earth to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So he didn't say, go, go find the lost tribe of Israel that scattered about and bring them back. He says, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So you're reading, you're, I mean, you're like adding a lot into the words of Jesus. For someone that, I don't know if you said you love Jesus or not, but 
that's pretty messed up. That's like me telling you one thing and you saying, well, hey, no, 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 Nate actually said this, but he really said a lot more other stuff too. So that's what you're doing. He says all, all means all. See, I'm a goat herder. I'm a Fulani. I know exactly that expression. If you say I'm only sent to the Lord, I've I, I been losing goats. I've been losing sheep. I go find them in every different village. I know exactly what he meant. He already clarified it. I am only sent to the Lord. When the lady came to him, Lord, Lord Jesus, please, please, can you heal my daughter? He said, it's not right to toast the children's bread to the dogs. The lady what happened. listened, and I will tell you what happened. The lady said, oh, the dogs can eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. So it's not for the dogs. The food is not for the dogs. The lady didn't, didn't even say the leftovers. No. He said the crumbs. He, he just didn't say the crumbs. No. He said the crumbs that fall from the table. Even the crumbs on the table she cannot have. But the, they had to, the, the crumbs had to fall from the master's table on the ground. That's all she wants her daughter to be healed. That's how he healed the daughter. With the crumbs. Not with the food. The food is for the children. Not even the leftovers. Not even the crumbs on the table, but the crumb had to fall from the table to be on the floor. That's how low she went. Your dog, according to Jesus. Genesis, I mean, uh, uh, Deuteronomy 18, 18, asking for a wait for a Gentile prophet. If you're going to last on this answer now, why is it Jesus saying the only true God is a father? You said, no, you're a liar, Jesus. The only true God is a triune God. How about that one? Well, you happen to guess right, but you never asked me. So I think in, in civilized conversations, usually you do want to ask what I think. But in this case, congratulations, you did happen to happen to guess it right. But, okay, so one, one point, I guess, <clears throat> to show the humility of Christ, it's something that, you know, the damned, like not curse word damned, but the, the literally damned to hellfire for forever for rejecting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, black Hebrew Israelites, um, they will say something like, you know, because they're hung up on commandments, maybe you are too or not. The law of Moses that doesn't apply to Gentiles. They'll say something like, you know, Jesus says, you know, if you teach others to, to not do these commandments, you'll be called least in the kingdom of God. And I respond, this will make sense in a minute, that, well, look, if we mess up and are saying that we follow Christ and we're not beholden to the law of Moses, at least we're called least in the kingdom of heaven. At least we're in the kingdom of heaven. If you're wrong, you're in hell. And you are wrong, so you are in hell. Similarly, if you want to make a big deal about you know you're the true children or something like that. So Jesus is is giving them you know the true bread and feeding them and you know all of us dirty Gentiles we get the crumbs. Well, crumbs equals heaven. So you know I'm at peace with that. That may not be the funnest thing to hear, but it's not worth arguing. So sure, a crumb from the master's table um, is enough for eternal salvation. Fine, I don't care. Say what you want. Um, anyone else want to jump in here? I mean, if you find with it, I'm fine with it. Uh, if you if I take the, if you think that the crumbs, if you think that the crumbs is taken to heaven, uh, it's fine. Um, the crumbs are, 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 are you, can you survive these crumbs <laughs> in this world? If you had to go in everybody every man's house and just eating some crumbs, will you be dying or will you be surviving? <laughs> You'll be dying, brother. 
Right. As you as you have this maniacal, insane kind of demonic cackle, I understand what you think. Like, oh, with the crumbs, you die. But it's a binary choice. If the light is not halfway on, the light is either all the way on or it's all the way off. So if Jesus says, those who believe in me will never die, he'll freely give the waters of eternal life for whoever wants it, and they will live forever with their creator. If you want to say, oh, that's just a little bitty crumb, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever speck it is, that is eternal life with your creator. So if you see that as somehow bad, I see that, and everyone else sees that as the light switch is fully on. So it's a binary choice. It's not a gradation. I can explain that if you need. You, you, if you know, you said goat herder. I don't want to. I don't want to <clears throat> assume things. But I mean, it, that's it. That's the choice. So if you're, what if the light switch is a little bit on, if you place faith in Christ, congratulations, you're saved. If you do not do that, um, then you're not. And Nate, to your point, um, the Israelites lived off manna, off manna, which is bread. And they complained. And they complained. But they lived off of it, and they didn't need a whole lot because when they tried to take more, it started spoiling because God didn't want them to be greedy. So there's that. What was that, yeah. brother? When I say you, I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm not talking about Christian in general, Christians in general that, that believe in Trinity. That, that, that's what I'm, it's not you particularly, Nate, no. I'm just talking about your belief for the Trinitarians. Uh, what I'm saying is, Show me one person in the world. We got an image here. The lady said the dogs can eat from the master's table. You know, you see the dog do that, but the dog gonna go somewhere else and steal to survive. The crumbs aren't gonna be the dog aren't gonna be surviving with the crumbs. Show me one person in the world that survives with crumbs that fall from people's tables. No, I'm just saying you're gonna die. So Necessarily, you're gonna die. But, that, so that's what I'm saying. The image is there. You. It, you know, if you're comfortable with it, that's fine. Let's go to the second point. Who's the only true God? Hold is on, that ultimate, the tribe? Hold on. Hey, hang on, someone else is trying to get in here. Yeah, who else is speaking? I'm not yeah, but I, I, I got a lender, though. I got to just finish up. Hold on. You, I just need no, 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 no. Hang on. Marquise is trying to say go something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Real quick, so I'm also saying to your point, because I didn't get a chance to address your point, and I think Nate was the only one that was able to respond to your point. Um, but ultimate, <clears throat> to your point, I think what we have here is a case of you um, unnecessarily and probably non-contextually exhausting the metaphor, right? Because the metaphor stops in this context. The metaphor stops with um, even dogs eat from the master's table. And then his response isn't, well, no, hey, if you're going no, to he didn't, say that. he didn't say that. He didn't say ultimate, that. Ultimate, ultimate, ultimate. You, hold on. Ultimate. Hold on. Hold on Stop interrupting. Guy. We're letting you say all kinds of nonsense. So, you know, we don't interrupt you. So <clears> don't interrupt this guy. Go ahead, Marquis. Right, right. She says, I didn't say he, she says, even dogs eat from the master's table. No, he didn't say that. Is, okay, sorry. I'll let eat me, from let the crumbs that fall you, from the master's table. Not from the master's okay. table. Okay. No, so they're not from the table. They eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. You're distorted. Okay, ultimate. And just oh, like okay. the dog at the table, not being a metaphor, this, okay. this, uh, I, I guess you're, you've been have to be keep, kept on a short leash. So, Sorry you can't control yourself. Out of all the people who want to call everyone dogs, who is the most rabbit one that can't control themselves for a civilized conversation? That's what I would say. Go ahead and finish your point, Marquise. Hold on one <clears throat> Anyway, Matthew 21, 43. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. 
and the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. So when the chief priest, you know, the true sons of Israel, or whatever you were saying, heard these, they, rece- they perceived he was speaking about them, because he was. So the, tr- the people of Israel whom Jesus was sent, he was speaking about them. And if it's, a, it's a prophecy back, what, in Isaiah? So this is where the, corner, the stone the builders rejected becomes the cornerstone. So I would love to get your opinion, but I'm not now because you've proven you can't have a civilized conversation. So that would be my question. How do you call Jesus a liar and, and, and read it this way? Like if you read this, you're calling Jesus a liar or you just haven't read it, which I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt and say you haven't read stuff. And I'm also willing to give you the benefit of the doubt and say that, you know, I like to think you know how to read. So you just haven't done it or you have some kind of warped agenda that you have to fulfill. Like there's no way around that. Like, yeah, Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of Israel, and they rejected him. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So he is going to take it away from them and give it to a people. So right there, your your own argument is defeated if you just read. And the thing you were talking about with Matthew 14, keep reading, right? Matthew 21 is where we are now. So you need to keep reading the words of Jesus all the way, you know, until the end of what he says. So when you get there, like I started out in the first 30 seconds of answering your question, this is where. So you have the people he came to, right, the the lost people of Israel or whatever, and then he says, I'm going to take it from them and give it to another people. So then when you get to the Great Commission, he says, go make disciples of all nations. He cannot be talking about going plucking out individual lost people of the uh, uh, lost Israelites. He has to be talking about another people. And it's not that they can be excluded. They can be included. But the point is, it's open for other people, too. So anyways, I, I would have loved to get your thoughts on that, but I'm sure it would have been more nonsense. Hey, Nate, um, I'm, I'm back. Sorry, I had to deal with a student real quick because um, they're coming in slowly but surely. Um, I was trying to say, so uh, to, to, to ultimate, he didn't drop you because you quoted scripture correctly. He dropped you because you didn't give me the chance to correct myself. I heard you, and I know what you were getting at, but then your lack of self-control took over and you weren't able to have a civil adult dialogue. You had to like, ooh, you didn't do this right. And you were like listening to respond rather than listening to understand the heart of what I was saying. So you are correct. I did misspeak, right? He says, um, she says that um, even the dogs can eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. That's the big thing you want to push. But my point, you want to emphasize that because that's your, your focus, right? Your mind is on dogs, dogs, dogs. Not, oh, you won't survive off of those crumbs that are on the floor. It's, he doesn't continue with the metaphor. He stops the metaphor and he says, great is this one. It's faith. Like, I've seen no greater faith in all this region, more or less. Right? Paraphrasing. And then what does he do? He gives her the very thing she's asking for, which in this sense is healing, but speaks to the greater representation of salvation, of deliverance, of I am going to grant your request even though you are not my main focus or my main quote-unquote mission i'm going to pause on what i'm doing as a primary focus if you want to consider it that way and i'm still going to give you what you need the point is her need was met so if our need is salvation right and jesus wasn't directly sent to us right but he was sent to the lost sheep of israel If we exercise faith, as Nate says, then according to what we've just seen demonstrated, he's going to give us what we need. That's the part that you're missing because you're carrying on 
and you're latching on to this inflammatory response that you think is going to get people bent out of shape. Ooh, dogs, dogs, dogs. So this is why Nate said, okay, whatever, I don't care. Because if dogs get the crumbs that fall from the table and that was enough for the lady, it'll be enough for me. If it was enough for this lady in this situation, it'll be enough for me, right? So now you're going off saying, well, what dog can live off a crumb? Show me a dog anywhere in the world that can live off crumbs. The point is not that the dog is living off the crumbs. The point is that the, this crumbs in this situation was enough for her. Furthermore, if Jesus says that if he gives you bread, this is what he says to the woman at the well. If he gives you bread, you'll never hunger again. If he gives you water, you'll never thirst again. Oh, yes. If it's a crumb from Jesus, who's the bread of life, what he says of himself, since, you know, he's not a liar. He says he speaks the truth for himself. If we get a crumb that falls from the table of Jesus and that crumb is belief in him. Crumb is still life to Nate's point. The light is either all the way on or it's all the way off. It's not halfway on. And that crumb from Jesus is enough. I'm done speaking. Uh, Marquise, if I take your class, will you give me an A? That's rhetorical. Don't compromise your integrity. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So you, Nate, he wants to go to the dude? Uh, yes, right Nate. after this. Right after okay. this, because this will play into that. So, And then we'll move on to a second point, because he wants that address. Okay, so... Let me just read Matthew 25, 31. You know, since you're a goat herder and play with goats and stuff, um, there, the Bible says something about that. Take this as you will. When the Son of Man comes in all his glory and the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will shepherd, separate people one from another as a shepherd, you, separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world. And then let's uh, skip down to 41. Then he will say to those on his left, the goats, perhaps you, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So if you deal with sheep and goats in your real life, um, consider this, because Jesus is talking to someone that should understand that. So if sheep are good and goats are bad, don't be a goat. So anyways, repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin and become a sheep and receive eternal life. Uh, yeah, with that being said, Chris has a question I think he wants to ask you. And then we'll get to your second point. Chris. Yeah, just uh, being that he's a Fulani herdsman, uh, does he categorically uh, condemn the violence done by the Muslims against the Christians in Nigeria. This is what I want to know. So I'm hearing the question is ultimate truth. How many people have you ever murdered? If you can just answer that in chat. And maybe I'll bring you back up if you prove yourself a decent enough person in chat. But yeah, have you ever murdered or supported the murder of, I, I guess, people who are disagreeing with you or Christians? Anyways, uh, while you think about the answer for that, I mean, I would be like zero, none. Um, but if it takes you a little longer to answer, I understand. Uh, the second point. Um, let's see. Who is the only true God? Is it the Father, as Jesus said in John 17, 3? Or is it the triune God, you Christians say, was Jesus lying? So, first question I'll take. Was Jesus lying? No. Um, is it the triune God? Is it the Father? Well, the Father, Son, and the Spirit are all God. So Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, et cetera, et cetera. Anyone else want to talk about that? 
I addressed the logic of his question, so I'll just I'll read the comment I wrote since I don't like to work extra hard. He said, ultimately, your logic is severely flawed. You are presenting a false dichotomy, either your interpretation of John 17 or a lie, without proving that your interpretation of John 17 is, in fact, truth. Um, and so you're, the, the very way you're presenting it is flawed. You're saying it's either A or B, and B is a lie. So do you believe a lie, or do you believe what I'm saying about John 17? But you haven't demonstrated that your particular view of John 17, that Jesus is saying that the Father alone is God, and that there is no Son and Spirit that are also God. You haven't demonstrated that. You've just asserted that and attached that to the Scripture, which also doesn't explicitly state that. So you'd have to demonstrate that the non-explicit um, that this implication can be logically deduced from scripture. If you can't pull that out of the scripture and then show us how you pulled it out, then it's just a claim. It's just, ooh, this is what the verse means. Do you believe what I say the verse means or do you believe a lie? Well, that's that's not how we do academic, logical, rational conversations. So you got to fix your question and then we can answer your question appropriately once it's fixed. All right, ultimate. Despite my better judgment, I'll give you one more chance. Behave yourself. Come on back up. Oh, is he going to answer my question and, first? Because I don't think he's uh, going to be able so. to that, talk unless he answers my question first. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's see. I mean, that's that's what he said he wants to answer on stage. So let's start there. How, how many Christians have you murdered or supported being murdered? Zero I have murdered. I will support, I will not support anybody killing anybody. Anyone. So then you like been a lemon land freaking doing. Did, did I cut you off? Yeah, Run. Yes. So did I okay? Drop him now. Sir. Drop the guy. Hey, get, get the fuck out of here, man. I can't oh. talk. Sir. I was yeah. it sounded like he was trying to get a clarification. Um right. Yeah. I would like to hear the clarification. But I was, well, I was about to congratulate you and say, well, I was about to deny violence. That's 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 all I was going to ask. I mean, I was going to congratulate him for, seconds. you know, answering the question zero that he, he wants to murder and support zero murder. So, I mean, I was going to say that's good. And then, you know, sounded like you were going to ask for clarification, which yeah. anyways, well, we tried. Uh, D, good morning, D. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I was going to say, Nate, bring him up. Like we deal with atheists. You know, old boy got loud with me yesterday, but we managed to deal with him. Bring him back up. But I don't know. Then that happened. (laughs) Then that happened. Well, I was rooting for him. Uh, What's up, man? (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to make one point. Good morning to everyone. Backtrack on the one, two. (laughs) <laughs> what's up monkeys hope you're well my dude so listen i i, I just want to make this point and um i'll be done this is the only reason why i came up i think it's very important uh that we enact uh first peter three fifteen. always being uh ready to give an answer of the hope that's within us now uh marquis started on the trail Um, I was hoping he was going to go further, and that's why I came up. Now, we need to understand, um, just to readdress, especially for the individuals in the room who are believers, Um, evidently the man that was speaking before is not really interested in hearing uh, correct exegesis of scriptures that he is evidently misquoting. 
So to the point, uh, the the word dog that's used in uh, Matthew, I believe, what is that? Matthew 15 uh, and 26 is referring to what is known as a pet, listen to the term, house dog. I'm going to say that again, a pet house dog. Now, it is the custom of the Jews, according to history, that when they are eating, listen carefully, um, uh, as they are eating, it would be the habit of the children to throw under the table uh, the, the scraps or portions of the food that are being ate from the table. Now, what is the point here? This Gentile woman understands the concept of the Jewish culture. So when she says even the dogs eat the food that falls from or is thrown from the master's table, what she is saying is, because note what we're missing. This dog is not the same type of dog that is known as scavengers in the New Testament. And please, uh, Acts 17, 11 me. Uh, don't take my word for it. Go search the scriptures. Look at the two terms that uh, times or several times that dog is used and look at the, the dog that's used in this text. This is a house pet dog. Now, here it is, which is in the house. Listen again, which is in the house. So what does that mean to us? It means this simply. This dog is not a dog that is a scavenger on the outside, which is rejected by the Jews. This is not the same type of dog. So what the lady is expressing that, yes, even though I am not of Jewish descent, but even the dogs still get that which comes from the table. Yes, I'm not Jewish. Yes, healing belongs to the Jewish people, belong to the people that you're sent to. But even I should also get some. And Jesus, as Marquise rightly said, this is why I was hoping that he was going there. He rightly says that Jesus also gives the woman that which she requested. So the whole idea of what the man was presenting before all falls apart, because if, if, if it was that, that it was not for her, then she wouldn't have received it. And I'm saying that we must be very careful for those who are uh, believers and those who are unbelievers that we give a clear depiction of what the scriptures are, are saying, especially when people try to misuse and abuse the text. That dog there is a house pet, which means, let's be clear, it's a part of the family. I land there. For the record, I mean, yeah. It's not like a scroungy coyote. I mean, if I see one flea on my dog, I freak out and, you know, the world is on hold until I get, you know, little puppy taken care of. I think we don't. Just saying. I think we don't need to westernize how dogs are being treated in America compared to what they were being treated back then. I do get the concept of even the dogs get the crumbs, but let's go with Nate's perspective when he said at the end of the day, if the blessings are for Israel and the leftovers, which we don't get, but we get the crumbs and we're still saved from 
eternal damnation. That's better than being in eternal damnation. I think we need to really kind of understand the concept that, you know, if you're not, what I'm hearing the verse says, if you're not Israel, you might get the crumbs. And and getting the crumbs is okay because being under the blessing of our heavenly father is where we need to be. And to glamorize it, to be more than that might be disappointing in the end. But at the end of the day, we got the crumbs. So I think we need to factor that in and not try to gloss it over as if, as if uh, Christ did not say that. I mean, okay, hold on, hold on. Are you referring, sorry, Nate, refer, are you referring that to me, sis? No, I'm not talking specifically to you. I, I, this has also been, I have heard this in so many ways and I'm, you know, I, you know, she got saved was I like, yay. But if you really think about this for Christ to say the bread is for the children and because she has so much faith, which would be, you know, those who are not um, Israelites or, you know, of the house of Jacob or whatever, you know what I'm saying? For those who have so much faith that they were still willing to take what was left over, what was dribbled on the ground. That is a strong showing of faith. That's a strong showing of faith. And if I'm willing to take that, I don't care. I don't, long as I'm in the kingdom, I'm happy, you know? So I think we need to really dig deep to understand that concept because when ultimate comes up and we try to make it into something that she still got saved as if it's the exact same salvation as from what this parable is speaking of is well, what I'm talking okay, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm, 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 hang, hang on I, I think humility plays a part in it too because you know when it's like I mean you know you can just see like this guy he's also probably coming from the you know the, the Muslim tradition whether or not whatever he is like how they think well you know it's degrading or humiliating for you know if a god can lower himself to become a man like Jesus and you know, eat and go to the restroom and sleep. Like they think that they have such a, they want to have a high honoring view, but they're doing the opposite. So they think it's so much beneath God to do that. That's another reason why Jesus can't possibly be God. Just like this. They're like, ah, ha ha, you are dogs. Like you're so disgusting. You're so small and puny and weak. While we see that as like, well, yeah, in humility, we'll take whatever Jesus has for us because the least thing God has for us is eternal salvation. Like, that's not a little thing. So if, if someone wants to, like, you want to be like, oh, ha, 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 you're calling yourself a dog. Yeah, great. I've got a more eternal life with Christ. What have you got? It's pretty, probably pretty warm where you are. But, I mean, yeah, and to, uh, you know, your point, uh, Patrick, um, is that how you say your name? <clears throat> Correct me later. Jason is my, but, um, you know who I am. It's Jason. It's just I've changed the name. It's Jason. Oh, I'm, I'm terrible. Yeah. Remembering people. It's I'm all sorry. good, man. But it's all good. Anyway, so your point about uh, Peter 315. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Um also, that should be tempered with, you know, uh, casting pearls before swine. Well, that um, kind of defeats what, the object which is what of we were letting doing him earlier. up then, isn't it, Nate? <laughs> What's that? That would kind of defeat the object of letting him up. When we first heard him speak, we knew exactly where he was going. So, I mean, casting pearls before swine really would be the very moment we heard what he, we heard, because I knew where he was going from the moment he, he came off mic. So I'm saying... We can't have it two ways. Casting pearl before swine would be... And like I said, remember what I came off to say. This is more importantly for those who are believers. So at the end of the day, it's not so much answering him, but also making sure that individuals that are in the room hearing his argument, because 
if you are unlearned in the scriptures and unlearned in the uh, Jewish culture of what's been stated here, you can miss the points that have been represented by Christ in that. He's not saying that she is outside and she is a scavenger. That's not what Jesus is saying by saying that she's a dog. That's not the term that's being used. So we have to be uh, accurate, rightly dividing the word of truth, making sure we understand what Jesus is saying, and more importantly, what Jesus is not saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and, and Can we're I get just reiterating. Well, uh, yeah, we're coming right to you, Rex. So, yeah, and you know, we've just been reiterating for like 10 minutes now what was said in the first two minutes. So the same way we're interpreting it now, I mean, you know, you gave more detail. Thank you. Um, but I mean, the same way we're giving more detail now, the same point was made from the very onset of this. And, you know, it sounded like on one hand you were saying, well, you know, we can't have it both ways. And we knew what he was doing. I mean, you didn't because you weren't here at the beginning. But I was from here the time when you he got came here, on, Nate. I was here. Oh, OK. Oh, OK. My bad. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I'm a human, too. OK. So you were saying, like, you know, we can't have it both ways. But on the other hand, you kind of made a point I would make that it's not necessarily for this guy who is obstinate and doesn't want to hear um, but it's just as much or more for the people listening who do want an answer. Um, so I would say, you know, my point now is just pointing out that you made my point for me. So thanks. Uh, but rags. <laughs> really right? nice. Is that what we're doing? I mean, it sounded like you had some pretty judgy overtones. He was agreeing which, with you. Know, you. Uh, see, thank you. Thank you. See, that's why. I, anyway, have a good day, Nate. You, you, you're, you're really, really funny guy. But okay, have a good day. Thank you, Noel. At least somebody's recognizing what's being said. No, I was actually talking. I thought you didn't know that Nate was agreeing with you, but you guys are agreeing. <laughs> I'm trying to. Nate, Nate, I, I, I got to chip in here. I, I, I can't, I can't let it go. Um, so I'm gonna start up a website and I'm gonna sell hats of charitability on it. Um, it's, it, it's just a funny thing. Like, and this, it speaks to what ultimate. Sorry, just ten seconds and I'll shut up. Um, but like when, so when it, the, the first guy was speaking, I forget who it was, right. And he, and he misspoke just a smidge and then ultimately just kind of like jumped, like pounced on it, like a fat kid on a smarty. And, you know, it's like, just, you know, it's like people, people will misspeak sometimes, you know, it's sometimes discussions get heated. Right. You know, but if you're, if you're in it, like, you know, in it, I mean, into the conversation for the right reasons, you're not going to jump on stuff like that. It's really, I think it's kind of like that's low hanging fruit. And I think, you know, generally, just just be a better human being than that. That's just, that's. Uh, Rex. Okay, finally, when I can get it, of course, a couple things happen. My daughter wants something immediately. But so let me say it real quick. The crumbs are the same quality of food as what the children ate. Because I'm feeding my children right now, and if the cat comes and eats the bacon that I'm making, they're eating the same quality of food. That's all I was going to say. So if, if, if Jesus is life, and they're only getting the crumbs, go back to what Nate said, it is life. So this is, that's just why I can't. I don't agree with that. Man. I, uh, I mean, it was a little. Wait, 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 wait. You said you said I, I don't you don't have the same. Hold on. You don't agree with that, that it's the same quality of food. So if I'm making bacon for my children and, and I drop a crumb of the bacon on the on the ground, it's not the same quality of food as the bacon. Is that what you're saying? I'm talking about in terms of abundance. 
Um, I just, again, I, I believe in the Messiah. I believe in salvation. I believe that the Qurans belong to me. I'm okay with that. To, to gaslight it into something that is not, I mean, why would he, Christ even say that? Why would he just say, you're healed? Like the, the woman who grabbed onto his cloth out of just natural faith, she was, she was healed. Like, I, I think we have to, like, I think we have to really put all of these things into perspective. Like the lady who just grabbed on the, the hem and didn't even speak a word was instantly healed. But the woman who bled, begged, plead, got on the ground, had to come up with something that was a little bit more, um, that was a comeback to Christ. And he could see the faith in her. And he was like, that faith right there is crazy. It's still crumbs though. You know what I'm saying? But that, that's some crazy faith compared to the woman who just touched the garment. Like we have to understand that maybe there is a little nuance in there. And if that nuance is just, we get the crumbs and we're guarding the kingdom. I'm excited about that. I can't wait. I'm excited. Like we need to be grateful for just being able to be included and cleave into Israel. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, I don't think you guys are saying too much dissimilar stuff. I mean, you know, maybe it's the difference in quantity. Maybe someone's like sitting all nice and proper in a tuxedo with like a plate and silverware. And the, and the other person, you know, is getting, you know, like D's approach, like, you know, the, like the morsels that fall under the table, but then rags like, yeah, I mean, it's the same food. I mean, it may not be eaten in the same way, but anyways, I don't know. Here's my effort. I couldn't, I couldn't prevent the, uh, I, I clearly could not prevent the level of offense. I apparently caused that Jason dude. Um, so here's my attempt to, to help you guys resolve yours. <laughs> <laughs> I accept it and I will not dash off the stage. <laughs> Oh, that's so, that was kind of kind of funny. Sad though, you're like, he's like, see, see, she's agreeing with me. She's agreeing with me. You're like, I, I was actually agreeing with him. He's like, ah, I don't know, man. Like, I can, I mean, goodness, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm a little, I can be a little stubborn. I can maybe be a little self righteous at times. Um, but I don't know this level of like critique we've got from like random people that I I didn't even know the guy. He's like, you know me. I'm like, I don't remember. But I mean, you know, these like rando people that have shown up in the last couple of weeks to like chastise us all. I'm like, you know, well, let's listen. Maybe we're doing something really bad. Um, and more times than not, it turns out that they've got us wrong or they only heard clips of what we were saying or they, you know, haven't walked a mile in our shoes. But it's like, okay, it would be a lot easier to, to take your critique um, if you also took to heart to work out your own log in your eye before you about worry about the little speck in everyone else. Um, so, you know, I don't want to say I'm, I'm immune. I'm, I'm certainly not perfect. You guys probably have, I mean, Chris alone has plenty of clips showing how imperfect I am, but uh, I mean, you know, fix your own house too. Like, like get rid of that log in your own eye. Uh, what Chris? I was just saying, I don't keep clips. Sounds like what someone would say who keeps clips. Anyways, Victoria, what's up, Victoria? How are you doing today? Um, not too bad. Um, how are you? Uh, well, uh, tell me all the ways I have failed you, and I will try to make amends. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all fine. <laughs> Saint, how are you, you doing? You just failed her in so many ways that she can't pinpoint one. Oh, yeah, and it wasn't my PTR that caused trouble today. Yet. <laughs> Saint, what's up, Saint? Are you speaking? Hey, good morning. <clears throat> uh, just one thing, when we're dealing with Muslims, you have to understand that their book teaches them that the Christ in the Bible is the worst of all people. So they, like, are raised to hate 
repeat uh, Christ of the Bible. So it's really hard to talk with them. But I had a question about um, Christians and evangelism. Like how, I know there's not like a specific amount of time we're supposed to spend evangelism. But what, what would you say like a month? How many people would you think we should be like strangers talking to people like in our daily lives throughout the store, gas station, everywhere we're going? Do you, do you believe God wants us daily like talking to strangers about Christ or weekly, monthly? Or some people never. What's your what's your thoughts on that? Or well, and other people. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, I I, I don't think there's a, there's not a rule. Like, you're not a better or worse Christian if you do it all the time or don't do it that much. But I, I mean, for me, you know, whenever it, whenever the opportunity presents itself, like you know, everyone's got their pet projects, so I have to endure like a lot of people around me talking about you know whatever whatever their favorite food is they're eating or whatever diet they're on this week. So you know, I don't like force, uh, you know, my beliefs upon them. But if they say something like remotely religiously related, uh, y- you know, I let it be known I'm a Christian. And, you know, if, if they're just like, oh, wonderful. Um, and clearly don't want to know anything else. I let it go. If they, you know, ask a question or talk about it or like, what kind of Christian or blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I certainly talk more. I mean, that, I mean, that's in part why I did this. Um, I thought, well, you know, I have some time. I have availability. Um, so why don't I do this? And yeah, so I think this is fine for me. And, you know, the people that come here and do the same thing, like, you know, Sean, Marquise, Chris, D, all, all the people on stage, Rags, Victoria, um, you know, we share our faith. So I don't know that we're, I mean, I don't think that, that we're getting extra, like, um, you know, kudos necessarily. I mean, we're just here sharing what we believe, which is what we should be doing anyways. But uh, yeah, I mean, to say you, someone never does it, I'd say, you know, that would be getting kind of problematic. Like, why? Why not be, be like the city on the hill with a light shining? So, I mean, to say, oh, I don't evangelize. Well, that would be a problem. But beyond that, if you, if you do at all, I would say that's fine. And then to make Chris's ears bleed, um, some people would pray and be like, Lord, put people in my path who you would like me to tell, tell this to. Because if you talk to 100 people a day, and, you know, like God's not behind it. They're just going to hear idle words. You're wasting your breath. You could be doing something else more useful. Um, if you're just out there, like, I, I mean, I don't want to say more useful. But, you know, if you're like seed scattering, like if, I mean, if God's not behind it, no one's going to come to Christ anyway. It's God who draws them. It's we that just share. Versus if, you know, you feel like convicted or led or God told me, <laughs> as some may say, to go speak to like a person that you're like, oh, there's a person there. Why do I feel like I need to go share the gospel with them? Um, so one person saved is better than a hundred not. So, um, that's my long answer. What do you got? Uh, Rags? I was just going to say, I mean, most of the time we're not looking for the opportunity, right? Um, and where we're just, you know, you can, you can even be in a conversation for someone listening to the conversation in the gospel. I mean, we, Uh Oh, you're chopping up pretty bad. Uh, let's see if we're next thing you know, and then next thing I know, she's, you know, changing her life and her life's changed and I won't go into details, but it's, all it takes is just looking for the opportunity. What do you think, Chris? And Um, just to be clear, like, I'm just at, what do you think God wants 
us to be doing? Like specifically, what do you think uh, it would make God happier if we intentionally shared the gospel 10 times a week? Or do you think it, oh, that's not important? Just, you know, I'm talking just with a, and specifically our our daily lives. I 100% believe that like you on here is 100% evangelism. But like my specific thing is like for us, when we go to the gas station in our daily lives, like, how many people do you think God wants us to evangelize in a month? Like, what? It's not. I mean, I could just say a number like 10, but I would also disagree with my own answer. So, I mean, yeah, Chris, go ahead. I mean, it's not about, like, it's about how you're living out your daily life and the opportunities that you have. If you're just meeting randos on the street, like some of those maybe opportunities I've actually met randos on the street and, you know, we've had really good conversations. Um, the, I think that what we need to understand is that no one's eternal destiny is in any way changed or modified by any actions that we take. It, whether or not you share the gospel with the dude at the gas station is not going to affect his eternal destiny in any way, shape, or form. Now, what we can do is participate in what God is already going to do. And when we have the gospel, then it is our joy to share the gospel and be a witness of what God has done within our own life and within the lives of other believers. And so when we are out and about in our daily life, 1 Peter 3.15 says, have an answer for the hope that lies within you. When they ask you, after you have been brutally persecuted and they realize there is something different about you. I just don't see that what you just said there right there, like the what the disciples did, what Christ did, because we're we're supposed to be making disciples. I'd say that's our biggest priority. But we don't uh, make being believers. Well, let me try to split the difference no, but, while Chris is being while Chris is being me, called hyper. Hang on. Well, Chris is being called just... hyper cow. Hold on. I, I want to try to stop this before it gets started. I do so many things poorly. Let me take a stab at doing this, hopefully. So while Chris is being called a hyper Calvinist in chat, which is hilarious to hear. Um, so, Chris, would you at least come to the table and say practically we can act intentionally? Hear me. If someone thinks that it is totally them who is saving souls for the kingdom of heaven, also... From, from your, you know, like um, if you smile at someone and they think it's sincere, but really <clears throat> you're doing it like sarcastically, it's like you're letting them think it's sincere, but you, it's like, you know, heaping condemnation on the inside when you're like, I'm smiling at you. In that same way, could you at least walk to the table so someone thinks it is totally incumbent on them to win souls for heaven, all the be like, yes, totally, you're doing that. Go share the gospel, go win souls. All the while believing that, well, if someone you know repents and believes the gospel when they share it, it's because this is God's plan and God is using them as a tool all along. They're just fulfilling you know what God has already laid out. That seems reasonable. I'd like to think. I mean, that's a lot of that's a yeah. lot of caveats. Okay, great. See, we're all friends now. So, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, hyper Calvinist again. again Rotten has no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. He's completely uneducated, and that's okay. We can educate him. I mean, but, I like um, it. I mean, hyper Calvinist Chris. That's I'm yeah, fine that's with funny. That. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then you can be Calvinist Nate. 
Um, <laughs> hey, there you go. So, you know, what I would say is, though, is that when we're talking, you're hot lighting, Michael. Um, when we're talking about these things, the the burden is not on us to be the Holy Spirit to somebody. The, the burden is on us to follow the commands of God. One of those is go and make disciples. Um, that means teaching, right? This, this, is, this is somebody who has already been redeemed, and we are teaching them how to follow Christ, okay? Um, now, that may be that we participate in, you know, their salvation experience, which I have done with a lot of people. Um, but then I end up not teaching them because they live somewhere else or there's some other circumstance. And then they, you know, you get them involved in a local church. You know, the, the idea here is not that you are desperately running around to every rando on the street and shaking them by the collar and telling them that they're going to hell. Um, the idea is that we build relationships with people in our normal everyday life and we live out a gospel and church centered life. And that will pose questions to people. I did. You turn, yeah, you just, Chris, it seems like you turned it all into a burden. When I was, my question was, how, how often do you think God wants us to do that? And then you, you turned it into, well, it doesn't matter. The gospel message itself, you basically said the gospel message doesn't have the power to save anybody. God's got to zap somebody was your, like, no, you, again. your preaching is in vain. Can I finish you, real quick? You well, basically no, if you're going to mischaracterize me, then no, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you. Okay, so could then tell me this. Can the, does the gospel message in itself have the power to save somebody? Or is it, does it have to be something outside of that as well? Uh, that, would be the, that would be the Holy Spirit, man. Okay, so then the gospel message doesn't have the power to save anybody, right? The truth? The Bible, the whole Bible is, is the how truth. How is truth power? Okay, power so then how did I mischaracterize what you said? How did I mischaracterize what you said? You interrupted me because I mischaracterized what you said. And when I just verified what I said is true, you're agreeing with me. So can I finish saying what I'll say? Or do you want to argue about... I just don't even understand what you're saying anymore. Thank you. Are you... Are you wanting an answer, or does it have to come from Chris? Hey, hey Chris, yeah, do, Chris, can yeah. I steal man your position? Yeah, I sure. would like to. I would like yeah. to try out giving you an answer because I, you know, have an answer. Go ahead, D, and then we'll see what. Uh, okay. Give Give so, Michael a little more time to steal man his position. <laughs> Go ahead, D. Uh, okay. For me, um, I. Um, Sometimes, and I, people may not want to hear this, but, and I'm, I didn't want to say that. My spirit moves me to talk to certain people. Like, I work at a, a salon where it's nothing but um, the LGBT community, and do I feel a passion to talk to them every day about Christ? No. However, there was a time that I would have a conversation with one, and we would go back and forth to a place that i say, you know what, when Christ wants to move upon your life, he will. And we're going to leave it at that. And I left that job, and um, maybe like two weeks later, that particular person started sending me Bible verses. 
on a concert because I was going through, I, I lost my child, and he was sending me Bible verses on a regular. He left the salon. He ended up getting married. So it changed his life. Uh, it's my opinion that when the spirit moves you, um, that's when you go ahead and share the gospel. If it's moving you every day, if you're asking these questions, like how many times should you, should I do it? Maybe find your 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 favorite Bible verse and pass it to people, and that'll be your way of sharing it. Or if you want to share it with everybody, go for it. Like no one should be able to put a limit on how many times you share the Word of God. Have fun, and, enjoy it, and that's how I figure. Like when the yeah. Spirit moves you, you move with. And and Saint, you know, also consider the source, right? Like you've got a mixed group on here. Like you know, Chris is obviously a Calvinist. He thinks a, a certain way, and you know. I am not a Calvinist. I think a certain way. So before we get to Mike, before we get to Michael, yeah. Anyways, hyper Chris. Uh, anyways, before we get to Michael, consider a couple things. One, you know, not everyone is supposed to like. If if the magical number was, I, I was convinced God wanted me to tell ten people every single day about the gospel. That does not mean God wants you to tell ten people. Uh, or even if there was a magical number of evangelism, we're supposed to be doing. That's not true for every single person. Like, you know, the, Paul talks about, you know, not everyone is a hand. Not everyone is an eye. Not everyone is a foot. So everyone in the body of Christ has different things. There may be like, you know, a, a very, very great spiritual counsel, uh, counselor that disciples Christians. And they may evangelize to person and share the gospel, uh, you know, once a year to some stranger. But their primary part in the body of Christ is building up people who are already believers and discipling them. You may have a person who, you know, they're a street preacher. All they do is evangelize, and all they do is preach the, the kingdom of heaven, and they never disciple a single person. They just get them in the door, and if you ask them to, like, expound on, like, the dog verse from earlier, they'll be like, what? A dog's an animal, right? Like, okay, just, just go back to repent. The end is near. So, I mean, everyone has their own purpose. So what would be good for one person is not a one-size-fits-all, and I agree with thee. Um, you know, it's whenever you are moved, or, Chris, when God tells you to, but really, whenever you feel convicted or prompted or there's just an, a glaring opportunity, yeah, take that. Make the most of that chance. And, uh, you know, ultimately, it's the Spirit of God that draws people. No one comes to God, uh, you know, no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws them. I mean, how many times do we evangelize in here and preach the gospel like, hey, repent right now. All you got to do is repent and believe the gospel. And they're like, no, nah, I just I, I don't believe that. I just don't believe that. So we're evangelizing, but people aren't buying it because it's only when the Spirit draws them. And then they hear that message, like, click, click, They're like, I got it now. I got it. They're like, I don't know why, but I've got it now. Congratulations. That's the spirit drawing you. But the last thing I'll say before Michael gets a chance, sorry, Michael, is uh, Saint. Um, even someone that generally agrees with your position, like, I, I agree, like, I'm all on your side, but I, even someone that's, that's right, right where you are, I still can't give you a number because there is no number. It's, it's the wrong thing. It's back to the hands and feet thing in the body of Christ. So, yeah, I think you should evangelize. I mean, Jesus says, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. And Chris explained what he thought that meant. But, yeah, take the opportunity to evangelize. But if that's 10 times a week, if that's one time a week, if that's, you know, 16 times a year, there is no number. But, uh, yeah, Michael, let's see how your uh, Christian Chris-wearing hat is. Hey, yeah, Nate, you're all good. Yeah, um, so I think, in essence, what what's being meant, and I think it's just a, uh, you know, maybe lost in translation a little bit. Um, hyper Calvinist as Chris is, but I, I think it's really it's not it's not A or B. I think it's A and possibly and B, right? So you know it's like 
I, I, I agree. Like what, at least that's, that's, that's what I believe. Like when I, when I was a Christian, like, you know, it's like, I think, you know, how much do I have to you know do this? Nate, you quoted the one verse, you know, go out and preach all the nations. Then there's the other verse in revelation where it says, you know, a witness shall be made to all the inhabited nations. And those were kind of the, the kind of two verses that I would pull from back in the day. And, but I, I think really what Chris is trying to say is that it's, you know, it's like, it, it's not, you know, it's not, you know, how much you think. You know, but it's like, but if there is that kind of like calling, like you said, and like D said, you know, then, then that's what you're, that's what you're going to do. And I think that's the essence of what, uh, Chris meant. And I think it was just lost in translation. Chris, did I fairly accurately represent you? Yeah. Can I give an example? Uh, Oops, sorry. Uh, can I give an example from the scripture? Um, I always call it the, the most reluctant prophet and the most persistent prophet and who had the most success. <laughs> and it's like, Noah. it says Noah preached for 150 years and he only saved eight people. So he's pretty persistent, right? You got, um, Jonah who was reluctant, ran and he was going to, okay, God, you told me to do it. I'm going to go do it. And he saved the whole city. You know, who was more successful? And see, because if you measure success by the numbers, I think you're missing the point. And in both scenarios, they were both obedient. And I think the key word is are you being obedient? Oh, someone's not happy. Amen to that. I think that's what the babies were saying in the background. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah, Steph, Chris is making people mad already. Um, to the to the guy in chat, uh, what was it, Muhammad? Uh, says if 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 you kill one innocent person, you're guilty of killing the whole world. Um, well, that's like how do you define innocent, right? So it's like innocent. They believe just like me in every way and challenge me and my religion not at all. Therefore, they're innocent. So if I killed them, that would be like killing the whole world. Or is it like well, this person you know doesn't agree with my religion or my God and you know says Jesus is is God and Jesus is the only way to heaven. Um, therefore, you know they're completely peaceful. They're loving. They don't hurt a fly. But because of their beliefs, they are guilty. So I can kill as many of them as I want, and that's fine because they're guilty. So it's all how you define innocent. Uh, let's and see. Uh, anyone else down there? Yes. To anyone? add on that real quick, Nate, uh, if anybody called Muhammad black, they were called to be punished by death. So if you called Muhammad black and he killed you, that, that's okay. That's still good. But so it's they're they're my. I mean, it's kind of how you define innocent, right? It's even like, you know, the, the, the people back in the day who, who were acting as stewards of Christianity and straight up murdering people who they thought were heretics. And it's like, well, when Jesus says love people, and if they don't agree with you, shake the dust from your feet and leave, and they interpret, you know, love people as I must murder them to save their souls, that, that's really messed up. So it's all how you define words, um, you know. <clears throat> Let's see, what else have we got? Have we stirred the pot enough today? Steph, your dog is on its way to potty training. Is that what I'm to believe? Oh, all right, there's a new one. Ask about her dog. That'll get her on stage. Let's talk about my puppy. Your dog. Do you give it scraps from the master's table? Yes. It's I mean, it's probably not good for it. Sure, we just give it, give it, a, give it certified scrap food. Scraps is too much from 
Yeah, don't, don't I'm kill a the dog, loving human, master, and even the dogs receive scraps at my table. <laughs> so, how old is this thing? Like eight weeks? Uh, fifteen, actually. He was. Uh, he's our discount dog because he was super old when we got him. <laughs> <laughs> discount dog. Yeah, they were twelve hundred dollar AKC registered. Oh! Okay, listen. They were $1,200 AKC registered golden retrievers, purebred, papers and everything. And I got him for 175 because he was 14 weeks old. <laughs> I mean, someone else wanted purebreds at one time, and that, that was pretty rough. We looked down on that guy. Yeah, Listen, dog okay. Genesis. So I have, uh, I have always strongly believed in rescuing. And so we got a rescue dog when I first got married. She's golden, or she's a yellow lab beagle mix, 38 pounds, and she is nasty. She's the nastiest dog. We have been working with this dog for 11 years. She's 11 years old now. She has bitten all three of my children. She's bit all of my friends' kids. She fights other dogs. She bites the mailman. She's like a nasty dog. And the only people that she likes are me and my husband. So when we were considering rescuing again, we thought probably not a great idea while the kids are small. Uh, and, you know, we committed to her for her life. When she bit my daughter, my mom said, put that dog down. And I said, no. But now this time we were like, yeah, we're, we're going to get a dog that we can start from scratch with. I know. Shame on me. I'm <clears throat> I think they say that dogs um, mirror their master's uh, personality. <laughs> yeah, she certainly does. Whoever raised her was horrible. <laughs> horrible person. I mean, when we got Wait a minute, how long have you been married? Uh, 11, 10 years. And she was was a little shy of a year when we got her. Listen. So the the intervening nine years didn't mean anything, I guess. No, apparently not. Dogs never forget. (laughs) Okay, it was not me. This dog, when we got her, her jaw was broken and her tail was broken and her ears were split, both of her ears. It was very sad. We did our best. One time I had this uh, I had this dog a long, long time ago uh, when my wife and I first got married and my mother-in-law was visiting. And uh, she was on the back porch and the dog got, um, he'd never done it before, but he like got kind of aggressive and was like starting to try to like nip at her and stuff. My wife's like, uh, what are you going to do about that? I'm like, and you know, whatever I said was the right answer to her. But what I was thinking in my mind is, what am I going to do about it? I give him a treat? I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you, mother-in-law. Um, all right, let's see. Are you watching The Dog Whisperer? Have you watched The Dog Whisperer? I have seen Caesar Milan, but no, we're not. No, I should do. I mean, kids and dogs, it's it's great training. Harold, what's up, Harold? How are you doing? Are you speaking, Harold? Perhaps not. Nate, can you explain your PTR today? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yay loves Chris. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else does he say that about? Philip and Hitler. You're in good company, buddy. That's mm, great. I'm surprised you didn't have Donald Trump's mugshot. I almost did. Oh my gosh, I I almost did. And then I I like you know what? We've done t- politics too much lately, so I, I'm not gonna do that today. Um, and as soon as I get in here, being all proud of myself for not uh, putting the mugshot up. Uh, Michael comes in, and he starts talking about Trump. I'm like, oh, I tried, I tried. I watched the uh, presidential uh, debate this morning, and um, it was very interesting. I think I like Chris Christie. 
What? Oh my goodness! I don't know if we can talk anymore. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, so, so, so wait, I guess wait, we're just there. So conservative. Yes, he is. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, that doesn't matter. If she likes Chrissy, she's crazy. <laughs> conservative crazy. Okay, so let me tell you what. I don't like. I mean, I don't like the abortion thing in, in uh, New Jersey. So I don't like that. But, I mean, what, watching the debate, I felt like he was kind of balanced, though. Like, I thought well, he was balanced. I thought, like, well, the guy in the middle, the, the vet guy, he was doing the most. Um, Tim Scott, he just, uh, he just doesn't, there's no sparks there. Um, Ron DeSantis, he just, I mean, he didn't say nothing bad. I, this is more personality thing, so nothing politics. This personality-wise, Ron DeSantis seems a little creepy. Like, when he smiles, it just throws me off a little bit. He looks, he looks like, kind of like a, kind of like a Chucky audience. doll. He's kind of oh like a gosh. like a little like a little boy smile. Stop okay, hang on, Chris. Chris, wait. I'm not. Hang on, Chris. Chris. Let me give my assessment, Chris, to show you how fair I can be. Because you think mm -hmm. I'm a Trump cultist or whatever. Mm -hmm. All right, Chris. Here here is here is my take. Hold and on, it's hold on. Totally Before you do right that, one. take a sip of Kool Aid. Take a sip of Kool Aid. <laughs> hey, Chris. Whatever God wants is going to happen, and, uh, you know, if my opinion changes, it's because God wants it to, and if it doesn't, God willed it so, and oh, he wants me true. to be right. So, okay, so, um, <laughs> so I thought that as far as, as, far as policies were talked about, Vivek won the night. He, 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 was, he was the greatest, I think. As far as, like, if they hate someone, um, if they had to pick a runner-up for Trump 8, the GOP establishment, it would be him because all the stuff they're into, like uh, there's like three specific questions um, that he was like shot his hand up and it was like, you know, would you stop sending money to Ukraine? He shot his hand up. Not one other person did. So that's getting in the pockets of their war machine. So I appreciate that. And there was like, there was like two other moments um, where he was like very outspoken about the, you know, DOJ and the d justice system doing what was very clearly uh, like political persecution while they let their own side go scot-free. Um, the others were way more tempered on that. So as far as what was said, I, I didn't like, like he was trying to get attention. So I didn't like how he kind of poked the bear so much. That was kind of like childish. Uh, but as far as what he said on policy, I think he won the night. Second, Chris, was DeSantis. I don't like his, um, I, I didn't like his like, I, I didn't like his like creepy smile. Because whenever he laughs like that, he seems seems like kind of like a, a schoolboy or a Chucky doll. So I, I I don't like that. But as far as policy, and you know, like uh, he was he was pretty quick to agree with a lot of the stuff. Like you know, he was he was like always the second one to shoot his hand up. Um, as far as you know, corrupt DOJ, like you know things like that. So so he policy wise, I thought he was a clear second. So those two won the night, first and second of the people on that stage. The next one, real quick. Was that uh, I think that Bergram dude, the North Carolina or North uh, Dakota governor, like he had weird eyebrows and he seemed a little scared, like he's uncomfortable being on that stage. But he seemed like a nice guy. His policies were eh, okay. He didn't have a chance of winning, but I thought he was third. And then uh, it just goes way downhill from there. Pence, well, uh, hang on. Um, anyways, so um, the other guy, Asa Hutchinson, he looked freaking possessed. Like his BD. <clears throat> beady bloodshot glassy eyes like that looks straight up insane like i'm surprised people haven't came out with like reptile memes of him by now like that guy looked crazy and he clearly let his grievance get in the way of you know 
will you support the nominee, blah, blah, blah. But his whole thing is anti-Trump. And apparently my, my uncle lives in um, Arkansas, um, said he liked him as governor. He's very conservative, very pro-life. So, you know, I'll take his word for it. But he looks insane, uh, like Kenneth Copeland of politics. Um, and then the uh, – who, who else? Uh, Christy. I, I just can't stand that guy. I never liked him. Um, why just, just never. I, I, why you don't like Christy? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll take Vivek's point. Whenever uh, Christy, um, he was asked, and it seems like his whole campaign is to like thumb, like his put his thumb in Trump's face, kind of like Hutchison, but uh, maybe bad or, or the same in a different level. But he's like running on a campaign of grievance and vengeance. And then Ramaswamy's like, look, man, that would be easier to believe if you also didn't seem like you were running on a campaign of grievance and vengeance. But I don't trust him. Like he had a eight, what, like 8% or less than 10% approval rating in New Jersey, even by his own constituents. So like, I, I, I just don't, I just don't like him. Even when he was in Trump's administration and he was debating Trump the first time, like everything I've seen about uh, Christie and even when he was like palling around with Obama during Sandy, which you can say that was an excuse to try to, you know, be buddy, buddy and get money for Sandy. But I, I just don't like him. I think he's dishonest. I think he's like, one of the people that's like like loud and outspoken, like I, I, I just don't like anything about him. His policies, his candor, his personality. I'm sorry, D. Um, we're almost done. Who else is there? Nikki Haley? No, I I, I don't like her. He, you know, Trump appointed her. Like I, I guess she was okay. I, I don't know about her record when she was governor. Um, of, uh, I don't know about that. Um, I don't even know what people say about her when she was governor. Right? I mean, she was conservative, so I don't know if people had a lot of problems with her or not. But I know whenever she was UN ambassador. Um, she started like kind of like picking at Trump and it felt like it wasn't like policy issues. It was like trying to trying to like score points to like, I don't know, get a better position. But I just that's kind of shady. I don't like that. And then the last guy is it the last guy. Pence, he is the worst guy on earth. Um, <laughs> goodness, not not like Chris. I don't know if we can find some common ground. I, I don't know what you think about Pence. But I mean, you know, I'm, I'm with your boy DeSantis. He was good. He was second. But, dude, Pence is awful. Ever Like, I didn't know anything about him uh, before, other than people seemed to like him as, like, Iowa or wherever he was governor. So, you know, conservative, fine, didn't know much about him. Pro-life, that was fine. But whenever he was on the vice president debate, um, at even the time where he was Trump's VP, you know, didn't know a lot about him. The things he would say, you'd catch comments. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, and, and then whenever he did that debate against Kamala, though, like, that was another Hutchison moment. Like, he had bloodshot eyes, and he looked like he had just taken a shot of something i'm like what in the heck like that guy freaked me out and then again you, you know he had a chance to to be like well uh, what do you think about trump and blah 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 and he just doubles down on it so i mean it's just we can call it a difference of opinion but i think it's a stone cold lie he's like trump asked me to violate the constitution and from everyone else's angle uh it's like no like we had proven fraud he asked you to do something that was completely in line with the Constitution. So if you disagree and say he asked you to lie, fine, but don't act like you know there's not another side of the story where no, Trump is not trying to ask you to violate your oath of office. Anyway, I, I just cannot stand Pence. I think he was Tim. the worst one of the night. You forgot about Tim. Scott. Oh, see, that's the point. That's my criticism of Tim Scott. He's forgettable. Like he's he's a he's a nice guy. Like whenever I did hear him say stuff, I, I, I the fun, the best part he had was when he's like, uh, they tried to cut him off after a minute and he got like a half a sentence out. He's like, well, I'm a Southern boy. I speak slow. I'm like, okay, that was kind of funny and true, but goodness, man. So, I mean, you know, I like the guy, but he didn't have a chance. I'm sorry. So let me say this. If I'm, I don't 
don't know. I, I'm, this is the first time I looked into the GOP um, primary, so I don't know the policies. But if I'm just going off of just everybody just seems like some type of character out of some comic book. And that's why I said Christy, because he just seemed normal. Like, even though you may not like what he say, it, it just wasn't Vivek who just said, like, I'm going to say everything that I know everybody else doesn't say. I'm going to just say it. I'm going to say it real fast. It, he just he just didn't I, – I don't trust him. When, he's 38, and I just feel like I don't know about you just yet. Uh, Pence just seems like that old-school politician. Like, we beyond this – this look that you're given, this, like, here are my talking points. Let me look a certain way as I say them, you know. So I just felt like Christy was just more relatable. Even though you don't necessarily have to like what he says, it was like having a conversation with a real person compared to, you know, let me drop these taglines and let me hurry up and tell you what I did type of personality. That's why I was like, I liked Christy the best out of just them having a conversation. Oh, and do you, do you remember that thing with Pence? How every time he talks, he sounds like he's exactly. doing that. I'm like, dude. Okay, so I see all you guys are all you guys are talking trash in chat. Okay, bring it to the stage. Come on, go ahead and air your grievance. Chris, can we start this? Can we at least agree Pence sucks? Wow, the cold shoulder, the coldest of cold shoulders from Chris. Yeah, he won't even. I'm at a doctor's appointment. I can't talk, but no, oh, Pence yeah. does suck. Yeah, he's typing. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Chris in the chat. Steph, can you recap chat? I can't. That's that's a lot about about how I've joined a cult. Apparently. Uh, well, Chris is uh, instigating that you've joined a cult, and a lot of people agree. And there was some questions about whether you like Jesus as much as you like Trump. <laughs> um. You want to field that one for me? I do not. Uh, I, I love because Jesus more than sure. I love Trump. <laughs> You're in a doctor's office. You can't talk. Uh, LSF wants to know if you're at the psychiatrist, Chris. <laughs> That's funny when it's not happening to me. And then the Christian, oh my, every time he said, because I believe in Jesus, I was like, do you? It was just so creepy. Like, do you? Like, how many times are you going to tell us that? Like, are you trying to convince yourself that you believe in Jesus? It was just really weird. Um, like, as many people as Chris thinks is, is demon-possessed, like, televangelists, like, Chris, are you not going to drop that card on, on Pence? Like, you know, the no true Christian or probably full of demons? Like, I mean... There's a time to probably drop that. I mean, I won't, but, you know, you're pretty easy I mean, on the trigger. probably drop it on the entire field. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I like um, – I mean, that's one thing. It's like that I, I don't like what's happening in the culture. It's like because, like, good and evil, it's not just, like, political disagreements anymore. It's like the, the things in our culture are, like, legit good versus evil. Um, whether we're talking about, like, you know, children or what's being done to them or surgical procedures, like uh, – and – I don't know, like multi-tier justice system. If you're in a club, like corruption, like greed, like it, it's increasingly becoming more good and evil, not just a difference of opinions. And one thing I see happening that that I I'm really wary about is when people will try, like you, you know, if they're on the side of good, we're just going to say, uh, you know, Democrats are bad, just for this example, and Republicans are good, which I certainly don't believe that. 
but as far as like you know moral values and things like that let's just let's just say good and bad or off and on so if someone is on the the side of what most oh goodness I'm gonna get. I'm gonna like lose half the people before I even get through this. But if you're on the side of like you know chopping up kids for surgery and you know all, all this other like messed up stuff that's like sending the world to hell in a handbasket, if you're on that side, we're not talking about you. But the people who realize that, who are like traditional Democrats or something like that, and they're like, my party has left me behind. Um, so they're coming more and more to the conservative side of things because they think it's more common sense or at least less evil, um, even though it's still got plenty of problems. Um, I think that side is getting so like conservative, like conservative wise, it's becoming a big melting pot. So now whenever Christians um, are aligning themselves with like just the conservative side and they agree with someone's political talking points, I think that's becoming more of a problem. How someone will say a political point they agree with and then that same person will like say something quasi related to God or religion or Christianity and they buy that hook, line, and sinker. And there's like, oh, did you hear them? They're a Christian. They're talking about God because they've said something like that sounds moral or sounds like Christian values or they'll invoke God or Jesus. And then you find out about that person. It's like, well, no, they're like very – they were like very, very liberal like six months ago and very, very like you know not religious at all or it's like certainly not a Christian like following Jesus of the Bible. Um, but because now they're like a conservative spokesperson, conservatives – also, they, they take their conservative talking points, but they also take their religious talking points. And I think that is the problem I have. Sorry, it took so long to get to that. I was trying to like tiptoe around everyone so I could not lose people before I started. But you guys know what I mean? Like Ramaswamy, for example, like uh, he, he talked about morality and he talked about God. And I thought, what the heck? Is this guy a Christian? And then I talked to my parents. They're like, no, someone said he's a Muslim. So I'm like, OK, let me just Google this. So I just Googled it. Apparently he's Hindu. <laughs> um, so I think that's a problem when, whenever people start. Right. So so I think that's a problem. And like, you know, even like Roseanne, good Lord. Um, like when I heard <laughs> when I, I hear some people are like, Roseanne's great. Roseanne's great. She's been a, a lifelong liberal. Like she didn't all of a sudden get conservative. She hasn't really moved. And like since I've been alive, it's just her party and, and like certain points put her in the conservative crowd and like conspiracy theory crowd or whatever. But then I just listened to an interview and she said something about God. And I'm like, is she a convert? Like, did she find Jesus? And, you know, I, I like looked it up and like listened to more of what she was talking about. And, you know, apparently she's, she's Jewish. I don't even know if like Jewish people would expe uh, accept her like that. I don't know if, if she's like observant Jewish or just however she means it. But she says she's Jewish. And I thought, well, gosh, like I, I thought Ramaswamy is a Christian. And I thought Roseanne apparently had a conversion to Christianity. But when I looked a little deeper, no, that's not the case. So the point is I would really hate for Christian conservative people to be misled and like think they're getting like good Christian doctrine from some of these people because they think they're a Christian when they're not. And if they go down that path, they're going to end up with like spirit energy healing crystals and like, you know, closer aligned politically, but further removed from God. Okay. Someone save me. Um, so as that, a person, was... so the last president that I voted for, <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out here. I used to be just Democrat all the way. So the last Democrat that I voted for was Hillary. And I was so disappointed when I even pulled the trigger. I didn't even want to vote for her, but I was convinced that, oh, we got to vote Democrat. So after that, I said I wasn't going to vote if I don't like the person. Um, and I can just, like I said, just standing on the stage, thinking about the choices that I have to make. And I'm like, all right, who would I vote for? 
if I'm going to go ahead and go over to the conservative side because my values more so align with that. I, you know, would like to have less taxes. I still do believe that we should help the communities and stuff like that. Who would I vote for? And as I look around, the only person, and I just looked up to see if Christie was pro-life, which he is, and he's the only person that I could see myself voting for because all the other ones just, they just seem weird. They seem weird. So for a person who's leaving this party to come join a different party or just consider a different party, nobody else on that stage made me feel like they were even worth looking into. Maybe the Dakota guy, but when you say you have a hometown of 300, I know what that 300 <laughs> looks like. <laughs> so, so D, whatever... It, well, so, so D, whenever... Um, Whenever, and when you're in North Dakota, we know what the state looks like. <laughs> uh, but D, what, well, actually kind of native. But um, so would would you, whenever they get the primary voter, will you hold your nose like if it's not Christie and just vote for whoever the, the Republican uh, candidate is um, no. with the alternative being, you know, or will you will you like follow your principle? And even though, you know, you know, your guy's not going to not going to win um, just as a matter of principle, you'll vote for for Christie, even if he's not the nominee or you'll write him in on the ballot or just not vote at all in that election? So in the primary, I would vote right now. My vote is leaning towards Christie. And if he doesn't make it and it's the, um, it's just the, you know, general election, then I'll just vote for senators. I'm not going to vote for, pre I'm not vote. I'm not giving my vote away. It's precious. It's been worked hard for. And I feel like in order to get it, you need to work for it. And um, I'm not just going to give it away. So um, I will go ahead and vote for uh, senators. And um, I'm definitely going to vote for, like, if there are any superior court judges running and local politics, um, I'm going to vote, you know, because everything starts on the local level. So I will vote for that. But I'm not – they're going to have to work for my vote. Amen. And so you would, you would just – you would abstain from voting, though, even though, like, you know, that that's one more vote that could be – against our current dear leader or whoever they put in his place? I actually would. And, you know, I I was actually told, again, I work in a salon. It's a very, it's a LGBT-based um, salon. And I was talking to um, one of my clients who is everything that, you know, I am not for, you know, in my personal life, but because, you know, she's a, a person and I like her personality. You know, I don't tell her how to live her life, but I do talk to her about politics. And she was just telling me about how, you know, you know, the liberals take for the poor and the this and the that and the blah and the blah and the blah. And I said, well, as a, um, a black woman who community has been passed up over and over and over and over by the Democratic Party because they think that they have us in the bag. At one point in time, you have to be like, they not feeling you for real. What you going to do about it? If the man is ignoring you, you'll find you a new man. So she was like, but you know, but what about the overall picture? And I said, let me tell you this. My ancestors did not ride a bus. They didn't, they went to sit on countertops and get, you know, watered down with hoses, me holding my vote back, and a lot of us holding our vote back so we could be seen is easier than what they had to experience. And when I told her that, she was like, wow, I get it now. So well, that's, that's a fair I'm point. At. And I know you just, uh, you know, said you were a black woman, but, you know, just, I don't know if you've heard, but if you don't vote 
for, for Joe Biden, you're, you're actually not. And right. that is exactly why. <laughs> oh, I was so pissed. Oh, my God, I was so pissed. This, this room just got a lot brighter. <laughs> this nasty, crypt keeper white man with three hairs on his head. I'm sorry. Who did not want my people to go to school with his people had the nerve to tell me I'm not black because I ain't feeling you. I was so pissed. So he definitely lost my vote. <laughs> Steph, where do you stand? D is the new Candace Owens. <laughs> um, where do I stand? I'll vote for that. I am, uh, I mean, I'm, I like DeSantis. I like his policies. I don't care about a, a president's personality at all. I want to know how well they're going to get the job done. That was why I voted for Trump. Hated his personality, felt he was capable. But now I think Trump is just being incredibly divisive. He needs to step aside and let us freaking elect DeSantis. Uh, and that's the way that needs to go. This is this is not his era. He shook the boat. He rocked it. Uh, good job, buddy. And now we need to move on and unite the party. So, But at the end of the day, I do not have Christianity. I was saying this in the chat. I do not have Christianity as a prerequisite when I'm voting for a president. I don't care, so, honestly, if they're Christian or not. So being as unbiased as you can, because, I mean, I, I think I can put that hat on. Um, so being as unbiased as you can, why would you think... Like, what is your reason now that you would say Trump is being very divisive? Like, he totally was in the past. And, I mean, you could still say he is now, but if you say he is now, like, like where do you get that? Because he's, <laughs> he, it seems oh, – well, well, I mean, okay. So from everything we, we see, even the, even the interview he did with Tucker, like, compared to how divisive he was, like, he is incredibly tame. So he still, you know, gripes about, you know, the, the rigged election, and, you know, he, he's still – but I mean, goodness, if he was like a hundred before, he's like a 40 now. So like, you think he's being more divisive now than, than previously, or, or just generally speaking, like the past lingers behind him or. So Nate, there was, I didn't watch either of the, I didn't watch the interview or the debate, but there was a debate with the candidates on Fox and Trump said, no, I'm calling Tucker. And he went and he did an interview at the same time as the debate and refused to show and went on Tucker on Twitter instead. I mean, that's exhibit A. He's a coward. Wow. Tell us your bias without being biased. Okay, so Steph, you made a fair point and I can I can respect your fair point. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess what I, 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 I a debate when he has an indict several indictments when if you go to uh tucker the, you know the questions compared to going to a debate and they can start just saying anything i don't know i think that's a smart legal move you know if we really are thinking about it it's well, a smart legal move. So, oh, that's a good well so if you so if you want to be okay so if you if you want to be let's try to be fair if you want to be on steph's side and you you know you say that's a divisive move okay i see how it could be articulated that way i get it um, if you wanted to say that's not a divisive move, I mean, you know your party hates you. Like, the, the establishment people that you've ran in 2016 to fight against, they know how that feels, and they hate you. So the chances – I mean, he may as well be, like, walking into CNN. Um, so, I mean, the, the chances of that entire debate not being about him and, like, everyone just, like, you know, griping at him for the indictments, blah, blah, you're not qualified, you're disqualified – like, I mean, he, if you want to take it from a non-divisive way, he's like, yeah, I'm not, it's not going to be a fair debate. And I would agree with that. Um, 
so you know you can just see like you know they'll cut his they'll cut his microphone yada yada so i think that would be a non-divisive way to approach that um Oh gosh, what was it? Oh, but the indictments. Like, I think that is the most like fallacious thing to say, which Christie did. That oh, if you're indicted, you've lost the the like moral character. And he didn't talk about moral character, like grabbing by the whatever. Like his thing was like specifically because of the indictment. So that's like okay, if 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 you like legitimately did all these things, like you know, you know like on you know that was indisputable. Where everyone's like, yeah, this is totally not political persecution at all. One hundred percent, he did a crime. It's so apparent he needs to be indicted and fight his day in court. If it was like that, fine, I get it. Step away. I would call for that. Um, but if it's like just reeks so badly of political persecution, while people who are far more guilty of the exact same thing and much worse are getting no, no action taken against them, it is impossible to say that is not political persecution. So then to say because of that, oh, well, you've been indicted, therefore you're disqualified. No, that's like if you're unjustly indicted, you're disqualified. Just no. And, and if that's the case, then just indict every Republican on the stage and they're like, oh, well, you're indicted. So I guess you're disqualified. It's like, well, no, I'm unjustly indicted. So no, like, because, right, like letting people unjustly indict you and using that as evidence why you're disqualified. That is rubbish. What would it take for Trump to lose your support? What would he have to do or say? For you to finally be like, all right, I'm done. Take the side of everyone currently opposing him. So if he flipped and he's like, you know what, guys, I I'm going to step down. Actually, all these people doing these things really aren't so bad. Uh, you know, Epstein was fine. He was a good businessman. Um, you know, I support the Ukraine war. Uh, I don't care about our southern border. I don't care about religious freedom. I don't care about sovereignty of nation. I think we should, uh, you know, move to a globalist economy. It's not about American patriotism. It's about coming together with the world government. If he would start taking the positions of everyone who hates him, I would lose his support. And uh, yeah, I mean, as, as quick as he did that, you'd have him losing my support. As long as he sticks to his guns, which is everything that people hate him for. I mean, that's the that's the guy saying it the loudest and proudest. I but mean, if you found a, if you found that's if you exactly found a, the things that that DeSantis did in Florida's actual policy instead of just yammering about it and never doing anything about it, he didn't oh, do anything could, to do any of those things in 2016. He just talked about it. No, even you have agreed. Um, even you have agreed that oh well, okay, I guess he did do stuff. And if you say oh well, no, he, he appointed those people. Yeah, he had policies and appointed people and said get this done, and they did it. So there are a few things, like I, I'll be open, right? Like there are a few things, like promises made, promises kept. It's indisputable. You can look at what he promised. And, I mean, it, it's like the, you know, the, um, the charts. Like you can look at all the things he promised during his campaign trail, and you can look at how many of those were fulfilled. And it's like 90%. The things I am, the thing I'm most what? unhappy about, Google it. The things I am most unhappy about, a promise he made that he did not keep, it is my biggest problem with him, but besides the COVID stuff, but whenever he was making promises, COVID wasn't around. But so COVID, I don't like, I don't like how happy he was about the shots, which I think he was tripped. And, you know, I, I still don't like it. He, he's stubborn and he, he sticks by COVID shots were great, even though we know like all the, all the hell they're causing for people. So I don't like that. And the, the, the thing he didn't fulfill that he promised on was imaginary borders on insurance. Like I cannot stand those stupid I mean, it's like Coke and Pepsi. If you ban Coke from selling in North Dakota and, uh, you know, you ban Pepsi from selling in Alabama, like there's no reason to that. 
except when we're talking about healthcare and insurance, all it does is make these artificial lines, which increase the cost for the end user, me, you. And he said he was going to get rid of that. So I don't know if it was too much red tape and he couldn't, he never answered as to why he didn't do it, but I don't care. That's a promise he made that he didn't keep. So there, now say something about your Lord and Savior DeSantis that you don't like that I mean, he didn't do. Lots of stuff DeSantis okay. does I don't like. I mean, I, I, again, I don't think he's a Christian. It's fine. Um, but the thing, here's the thing. is like the all of the stuff that you think Trump did, if we go to actually review it, like did he build the wall? I'm guessing you're going to say yes. I think that the border states would disagree. Would Funny they thing. not? I mean, can I just throw something well, no. in there? Well, well, hang hang on real quick about the border wall. Like it was what, like five or seven hundred miles, and like the Democrats, like what was it, Pelosi, like blocked the last little bit. So he had the full, uh, you know, at one point there was like he had the full funding, and you know he had no help. So that's no, something he that never he never had were any actively, funding for it because he never. Hang on, hang on, wait, 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 wait. That's what I'm saying. He had people actively opposing him the entire way. And he still like used what like some kind of I'm going to mess this up. It was like discretionary fund that was like allocated, but he was legally allowed to. It was like a military something, and he was able to reallocate like oh like what five billion dollars or a bunch of that money for the wall, which is why he got like five or seven hundred miles. And the rest of the materials for like the remaining like 150 or 200 miles was there. And now at this point, they're just like rusted because like Pelosi did something in the House or whatever. Or Schumer cried about in the Senate and they were able to like shut down the production of that. So I don't fault him for that at all. That was 100 percent people opposing him who shut that down. But in spite of that, he still was creative and reallocated funds that he legally could do as the commander in chief and he, he got all but like a section of the wall done and that section he didn't get the materials are laying there and they're still rusted yeah, and rotten because the there. divorced from reality cite there's your three, source th there is three thousand miles of southern border he got maybe like a hundred miles done like i mean you can look it up i mean like this is just it's propaganda okay. i'll look mine up you look your he got a hundred miles done okay Someone else talk while Chris and I cite our sources. Well, while you guys look that up, I just want to say we have the best American justice system on the planet. And I think that, you know, he just has to go through the process. And once the process is done, you know, the, the right thing will occur. So we just have to trust the process. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. I, I mean, I know would. Oh, oh goodness. I mean, you know. While, okay, hang on. While while we're at it, I love Joe Biden, and the Democrats are amazing, and the FBI oppresses me for lie, my own man. good. That's a lie from the pits I, of hell. I love all you guys. I love you all. Listen, they still have amazing. federal judges. They have federal judges that were appointed by Trump and Bush and. You know, a lot of those judges are pretty fair, and they have, you know, it's going to be on a federal level, so, you know, the jury, they're going to hear it out. You know, it's a very arduous process, so I think that we should just trust our justice system. I got Wait, a Christian topic. Right now, are you joking? Oh, one second. Are you being serious, or was that a joke? You know, I just feel like, I don't know. We Let's see how it plays out. Let's just see how it plays out. I mean, it can still be thrown out by the judge. You know, they don't have enough evidence. 
um, to present their case. You know, they haven't even started, you know, the preliminary aspect of it. They just have the indictment. So they still have to go through to see if there's even discovery and all this other stuff. So, you know. Well, I hope you're right. But in a world where, you know, like depending on the judge, it's like an Obama appointee or like hardcore Democrat or I don't know. Or if you get like a jury in certain jurisdictions, like the grand jury, like, you know, he never would would have gotten indicted if it wasn't like a grand jury convening in certain districts. But, yeah, someone had a Christian question. Let's let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) That'll work. I I was thinking about this earlier. So transition over to this, Uh, you know, in all these rooms and most of the discussions, it usually comes down to the nature of God, right? And I thought to myself, what is your favorite attribute of God? And also, which one are you willing to sacrifice um, to maintain a theological position? How about that? Someone want to speak to that? Or I can. Sorry, I'm trying to get sources for Chris. Uh, okay. What what was our favorite attribute of God, and what was the last part? Um, are you willing to? Sa- oh, I'll change the nature of the question. Are you willing to sacrifice another attribute for your theological position? Sacrifice an attribute of God for a theological position? Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's kind of a bit of a loaded question. No. Right, which I agree. If you're a Christian, you should say no on that last one. You're not should should sacrifice none of them. Go ahead. So I'd say the favorite attribute of God is the one that keeps me, gets me to heaven. So so if someone wants to say that's love or mercy or grace, like just whatever attribute that reconciles me to God and gets me to hang out in, in heaven. Well, technically, to say even to say that, you have to say it's all of them. So you can't just Great. say one. Um, you know, so I'm just saying, but I, I've noticed in all these discussions, whether it be Arminianism, free will, Calvinism, even even the atheist and whatever the discussion, usually one of the attributes has to be either lessened or diminished or you crank up one you know, like you turn up the volume. I, I think I like that. I thought that out the other day. You turn up the volume on one and you diminish the other ones. Right. Or you kind of turn the volume down on the other ones instead of trying to say. You know what? You can't do that. Only God can do that. Only God can diminish himself. And that's what happened at Jesus. He emptied himself, but he didn't empty everything, obviously. But there was something that he limited himself so that he could save us. Right. But we try to always seem to sacrifice one or the other. Something has to something has to give way in, in all these discussions, it seems like. So and I just want to get your thoughts on that mainly. What do you guys think about? Anyone else want to say what we think of that? Steph, what do you think of that? I don't think Steph likes you, Rags. I I personally think, well, if you start turning, like, my biggest problem with Calvinism is that it affects the character of God. Like, God doesn't love everybody. He doesn't give everybody um, a chance to love him. He only picks those he chooses for some reason. And I think atheists, some atheists look at that and are completely turned off. And I would be too, because it's like, oh, I guess God didn't pick me, so there's nothing I can do. I, I think that's the big problem when you when your theology starts messing around with God's character, 
and it's wrong and you're teaching that to people and it's turning people away from Christ, I, that, that to me would scare me if I was teaching something that was wrong. Yeah, but well, you know what's saying? I mean, that's actually... Could, could, it, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Nate. It's fine. Well, well I was going to say, I mean, if I could still man that position, I'd say it shouldn't make the atheist be like, well, I guess if you're right, God didn't pick me. Because, you know, the still man of that position would be, well, you don't know your future. So maybe you are yeah. picked and maybe you'll get there. So I to just, just say, well, if you're a Calvinist and you're God's... Uh, but my, hang on, Michael, I interrupted or same time as Michael. What, Michael? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, we'll get right to you, Brendan. Yeah, like that. That actually, that actually never bothered me because the Bible actually says that draw, that God draws close to the people that He wants to and doesn't draw close to the people He doesn't want to. So, like, like that's and and you know, it's like so. There, like, if you take that verse, then Chris's viewpoint may be a little easier to reconcile. Um, but but like what what Saint just brought up, even when I believed didn't wasn't a big deal for me because of that verse if that makes sense yeah, well also that verse was uh, a little misquoted like i get what you're saying michael there's verses to kind of support that but i'd say also there you know the verse that seems like most close closely what you're saying was uh, jesus when he says you know god will draw close to like if you draw near to me i'll draw near to you um so that's kind of the opposite of what you said but i believe that's the verse you're most closely citing but yeah, there is biblical verses that, that are kind of like your, your point, though. Uh, but real quick, before we move on from this, uh, Chris, I'm going to claim the source cited in chat from the BBC that Trump built 452 miles of wall. So um, there you go. OK, wrap that up. Anyways, Michael. Yeah. So I, I take your point, And there are Bible verses that Chris would undoubtedly have memorized to support your point. Uh, but that specific verse says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you, which kind of like throws the burden in the court of the person saying like, Michael. Perhaps, you know, if Calvinist Chris is right and God totally, you know, elects whoever he wants. But from your perspective, you totally think, well, well, if you draw close to God, so if you pray, if you read your Bible, if you draw close to God, he will draw near to you. And the end result is you are elected. You can say, see, I totally did that by drawing near to God. While Chris would, like he agreed to earlier, would be thinking, okay, sure, buddy, you totally did that. Um, all the while believing that, no, no, it's because you know, God was always going to elect you and always knew you were going to, quote, draw close to him. Uh, but he was always going to elect you, which is why you're, you know, elected. The thing that I have as an atheist in response to this is that you can't know that you are among the, the elect. For all you know, I could become one of the elect tomorrow and you could lose your faith tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, maybe Chris is unelect, and maybe you are elect. Yeah. And 20 years from now, we'll know the answer. Yeah, you can't yep. know until the moment of your death. Well, So it seems no, like not very... I would not, disagree with that. I would agree well, with what Chris to is going to say next. Saying. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, I mean, I was gonna... Go ahead, Brenda. That appears to be what people are saying, which is that you can't uh, choose on your own will to become one of the elect. Right? It's it's God's will whether or not you are among the elect or not, not yours. Yeah, I, I think that, what Chris is right? gonna, uh, Well, from Chris's perspective, we disagree a little, but yeah, that's that's basically the idea. But I would clarify a little bit because I think what Chris is going to say is it's kind of like more of a one-way street than not. So, you know, if you confess Christ, you know, as Lord, um, then part of that is going to be, you know, keeping you in the faith. 
but then that's where people will say, well, look, I was in the faith for 30 years and now I'm not really a Christian. They'd say, well, you were never a true Christian. Um, otherwise, if you were a true Christian. So from our perspective, again, yeah, I mean, it seems like the road goes both ways. Um, but theologically, it, it really only goes one way. Like, you know, if you're not a Christian at all, like you admit you're not a Christian and then you become a Christian, um, then you would be elect, even though you don't think you're an elect right now or something like that. Well, even according to Calvinism, um, even those who profess to be Christians are not necessarily, right? Right. And, and like the evidence, yeah, and there's, there's no way, right? Because there's two, two perspectives. There's God who knows the end result, and there's us who does not. So it's like, even if, if we truly are God's elect and he knows that, then we're going to stay with the faith. Um, versus, well, if you're not an elect, it's not like you were a Christian and now you're not. You were never a Christian. So but then your point me, makes sense, Brenda, because we don't know that. Yeah, so it seems to me that it's pointless to try to be a Christian. It's not under your control. Well, yeah, but I mean, you can't choose your beliefs. So, I mean, you know, Atheist Michael would agree, and, and we, we are in sync on that. Like, what's the point of being an atheist? It's not your control. You know, what's the point of being a Christian? It's not my control. Well, because I believe it. I'm convinced. And, you know, nothing has done a, a adequate job of convincing me otherwise. Otherwise, I would believe that. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, I can't help being a Christian any more than, you know, some would say they can help being an atheist. I think if they would do some soul searching, they would come to a different conclusions. But taking them at their oh. word... You know, they believe what they believe. So, I mean, even if you think it's pointless, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's, I don't conflate uh, uh, being convinced with knowledge, knowing. I don't, I think those are different things. Well, yeah, I would agree. But they're also not mutually exclusive. Like you can have knowledge and be convinced of that, um, or you can have knowledge and not be. So, I mean, you, you can have, you can have it both ways. But yeah, they're, they're knowledge and convinced are different. No, you can't because being convinced doesn't mean you have knowledge. Right, I know, I agree with that. But if you have knowledge and you are also convinced because of your like, okay, um, so I have a systematic method for determining for justifying my beliefs, right? Right, and, and so you can according to so that like method, if, Christianity fails. Like if I tell, hang on, the knowledge and convincing thing first. If I tell you I have like macadamia nut cookies in my fridge, and you know I describe it, you may be convinced. You're like, okay, well I'm convinced you have macadamia nut cookies in your fridge. Uh, but you don't know that. You don't have the knowledge. You don't well, have neither the proof. do you. Um, you you just are on. convinced because they could have been. You know, your 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 wife or your son got in there and ate them, so they're not okay. There. Right. Well, hold on. For this analogy, let's just say I have the knowledge because I'm looking at it. Right. So I grab and, and without being like, well, how do you know it's not making any nut? How do you know it wasn't a trick? Let's just without going completely nuts. Let's talk about these macadamia nuts. So I have a roll of macadamia nut cookies I just got from the, the store. I throw them in the fridge, and then I say, hey, I just did that, and I have these. I could be lying to you, but, you know, maybe I make a compelling case. Like, you know, they smell good. I'm going to cook them. I can't wait. And you're like, yeah, yeah, Nate's got macadamia nut yeah, cookies. Yeah, um, yeah you could, but, but you could be mistaken. But, hold on. You keep saying that because you keep interrupting me. So that's point one. You are convinced, but you don't have knowledge. Then if I got you on, you know, like Zoom, and I open my fridge door and show you now you have been convinced, and now you have knowledge. And you're uh, like, I yes, I see macadamia. Yeah. Unless there's a video trick or something like that, you know, without being ridiculous. Like, now I show you, and you're like, yes, there are macadamia nut cookies in your fridge. I was previously convinced, and now I have knowledge. But those are not mutually exclusive. Now I am, I have knowledge, oh. and I am still convinced because I've I seen have them. Fallible I have fallible knowledge. 
Unless there's like because, video trickery going on, then sure. Well, there could be. Right, but but for this analogy, we're not doing anything that ridiculous. But dismissing it, this is logic doesn't work that way. Logic doesn't just dismiss alternates uh, simply because we feel that they're ridiculous, right? So you could be mistaken. So you have degrees of confidence. You don't have conviction or 100% certainty. Certainty isn't knowledge. Brenda, what's the definition of confidence? I'm just curious. Oh, I don't want to do definitions. Oh, well, no. Well, okay. I, I would say well, degrees, actually, of, of degrees of confidence that, that a proposition is true. Okay. I, I was going to look it up here because I've looked it up before and I think it's interesting. But I also want to tie this discussion into the original starting of this discussion. So um, confidence. Let's see. The feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something, a firm trust. So I just wanted to yeah. throw that out there. Okay. So you, you have to, tr you trust that you have knowledge. You trust that you know this thing. Now to tie this back to our initiating this discussion, uh, it would seem to me you just tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm mischaracterizing this as an atheist, you don't think there God has revealed himself sufficiently for you to know that he exists. Right. I, 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 no, a distinct lack of evidence in favor of okay, so your trust, God exists. Yeah. So your confidence level is that God has not revealed himself. Now, of the attributes of God, to tie this back in, which of the attributes do you think that would be? Like, is it is loving nature? Is it is um, omniscience? Which is it? Which the, which attribute do you think that would be? His existence. His existence. His existence is going to precede whether or not he's all loving, maybe God isn't all loving, right? But I have to determine whether or not he exists first. Well, so he has again, attributes I, of existence is in question. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I only oh. have a limited time. I, I wanted to get to everyone real quick. Uh, Mister, did you have anything you wanted to say? Yeah, uh, Mr. Bridge, right? Manual. I don't know if you got that profile. Oh, no, <laughs> everyone changes their names. I don't remember anyone. I, I just yeah, I don't remember yeah. names. And I got you, got you. Nah, um, yeah, actually, towards uh, uh, Rags the Riches question, actually, I was um, listening to that. Um, the, you, were, you were saying that why do we, we, we minimize his attributes and or amplify his attributes or have to choose between the two? Is, is that was that what the, the gist of the conversation was? Kind of, right. It's basically in that direction. Usually there is an attribute of God that's in question or you focus on one. In the Christian side, I would say we focus more on one attribute and diminish another or instead of trying to hold them all in tension. So, uh, you know, so and and I think usually something in question that becomes a tension issue or a lack of knowledge issue, as Brenda would say, is that something is in these attributes that we're either focusing too much on, focusing not enough on or we diminished another one to accommodate. That was the overall. Do, do you think that we intentionally do that or are we just trying to get an accurate perspective on um, an infinite God? I, I don't know. That's why I brought the question up. That's, I mean, I, I don't have an easy answer, you know, but um, like to me, just to give an example, go back to something that was said earlier, the Calvinists is almost like they crank up the sovereignty of God, right? Um, to the point where it overrides anything else, right? 
but you can also go with the Armenian side that, oh, you know, free will is of highest importance to God, you know. And I've actually had a discussion yesterday with atheists saying they focus only on that, you know. And then I was like, look, <laughs> you, 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 there's all these are in play. Not just one is more important than the other. Um, so if they're all in play, then we've got to learn how to balance. Anyway, go ahead. So real quick, I'm about to get in the bad area, right? So could it be that the, it, the real issue is hyper-focusing on one area without reconciling the other areas that seem contradictory? Would, would you say that is what we do? Say, say that one more time and make sure I understand. Say it one more time. Like, so, so we hyper-focus focus on one area that we see, like Romans chapter 9, God is sovereign. He moves Pharaoh's heart and so on and so forth. So we say, it's, it's, okay, he's sovereign over everything. But, you know, I, I guess based on our understanding of sovereignty. But then uh, we have passages that kind of denotes free will, but we don't take the time to be able to reconcile that in our understanding, you know, at least when we're explaining it to others to kind of balance it out. Or oh, what does this mean? Because like you'll show one end, but then you see a contradictory statement. You'll be like, nah, it was supposed contradictory statement, but we don't go back and say, OK, here's what's really going on when we actually experience this thing called choice. You know, so we focus on that. We focus our attention, but we ignore the convers the rest of the conversation and what people are having discrepancies about. But, you know, and we don't actually address those properly because I, 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 the way I look at it is like, you know, I don't I don't think we're intentionally diminishing or diminishing. We're just trying to understand God properly. But when you have people that have opposing views, we don't give them a, a reason to why they're reading this and why does this appeal to be like that we just kind of ignore it just say oh no just focus us on this passage without going and reconciling the other passages i'm not sure if i'm broke no no i, I think i get your point I, I do think that happens and also i think as a christian and i think this may be um some atheists may not like it because it's about reason but sometimes i don't think things are reconcilable in a sense that doesn't mean that we can't there's not an answer right um, but the answer may be beyond us, right? Because if, if we did, we are, like you said, we are dealing with an infinite God, then we're finite beings, you know, and just because like, I mean, I actually watched somebody illustrate this, like mathematically, the four dimensional world is possible, a four dimensional, or not four, fifth dimensional world, I think, or however you say that, I can't remember like that. The hypercube, I guess, is the term. That's we right, cannot yeah. conceive it. But, what's that? Sorry. The Tesseract. The Tesseract, right. Visually, in our minds, we can't comprehend it. But mathematically, it's accurate. It's just because our minds don't live in that realm, right? So all of these things that we live in, that these tensions that exist, I don't and, – and that's just why I keep I keep coming back to this. Last month, I come back to this. Like it's, it is about faith. And that's why I actually brought up the word confidence. It's trust. I have confidence in God. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I never will have all the answers. I can try to wrestle with these things from now until eternity. And actually all the questions that ever on this on clubhouse have been around long. I'm 50 years old. And it's been around longer than I've been around, you know? So, and to say that we can resolve these, I think is for one fallacious Two, I well, think that's where faith comes in. Go, go. Well, I, I don't think. Well, yeah. I mean, like to, to, to Brenda, what Chris, all I was trying to say is I don't think anybody says that we can resolve these things. So one of the things that you'll hear Calvinists say is that we have a tension between man's responsibility and God's sovereignty. And, it, you know, Isaiah 10 is the perfect example of this. It's even better than Romans 9. It literally is, hey, the king of Syria, I'm going to 
have you destroy my people Judah. And, oh, and by the way, in the same passage, he says, and king of Assyria, I'm going to hold you to account for the thing that I'm going to make you do to my people Israel. And, and we hold those intentions. We absolutely do. I just maybe you just haven't heard a lot of Calvinist teaching, but like we hold we hold everything in tension. Um, and and I would also say that you know the idea of compatibilism has a more robust idea of free will on the human side than I think libertarian free will does. Um, there's a really good book I can send you. It's real short. It's only 160 pages, and it's called Love, Freedom, and um, and it is fantastic. It will help you focus some of these ideas and show that we do have a lot of mystery and we hold individual truths in tension in the way in which you're talking about. So I wouldn't disagree with you. I just think that I think that the propaganda that we think that we have all the answers has gotten through without actually hearing somebody like R.C. Sproul say that, hey, there's mysteries that we don't comprehend and we never will, that there are truths that we hold in tension. Um, every Ligonier conference that you go to, it's all about truth and tension. I, I mean, I, it's, it's amazing to me that the accusation that we don't hold truths in tension continues. I, I just, I mean, the internet is really available sure. to people. I'm not sure I know what you mean by that, holding a truth in tension. I'm sure I know, understand that. So when we say, I gave the example, so when we say, King of Assyria, I'm going to have you destroy my people Judah because this is my sovereign choice. This is what you are going to do. And then in the same breath say, by the way, King of Assyria, I am holding you personally responsible for the horrendous actions that you are about to foist upon my people. Um, and so the, there is a natural tension there between God's sovereign choice and man's responsibility for those sovereign choices. We hold those intentions. For the sovereign choices God makes. God, man is responsible for the choices God makes. Correct. That is, that is yeah, the I, tension. It's not tension for me, though. For me, it's like, okay, God's a dick. It seems like kind of a crappy thing to do to somebody, which is to make them do something and then blame them for it. Well, keep in mind, this is also one side. Um, so wouldn't it be, wouldn't you feel a little, I don't know, wrong to say all this stuff about God and being like how terrible and how bad he is and then find out, oh, well, you listen to one Christian, their interpretation was wildly off base. So, oh, guess God's not so bad. Um, and I was going to say earlier, like, rags, like, there is an answer to Brenda's point for there's more answers to questions on the planet. Um, even really, really convincing answers. It doesn't mean they're true. But, I mean, as far as answers that sound compelling and sound convincing, what, there what is no shortage. Like? What would that look it does, like? It doesn't, it doesn't seem possible to me. Now, Brenda... What I'm saying, really I'm being honest well, with you. Brent, if you listen, instead of just wait to interrupt, I'm making your point for you. So I am helping you, Brenda. But it's not a good thing. I'm just saying we will we will never know the true answers to certain questions. We, we'll just never know the answer, the true answers to certain questions. However, people can be convinced 
about an answer to a question, but it can be false. So I'm, I'm, I'm making your point, but the only thing I'm saying is it's not like we don't have, quote, answers for questions. Like someone may call that theory or hypotheses. Like it's not like we're at a lack for those. It's just, are they all true? Even though they can sound really, really convincing, it doesn't make them true. That's all I was saying. To me, hey, like um, flat out contradiction. I mean, what? it's it's. I don't see how you can how you anyone can justify God makes somebody do something and then blames that person for the actions he made them do. That's a clear well, contradiction to me, Brenda. The obvious. My answers thing was about everything universally, but for this specific thing, the clear answer is the opposing view that that Christian is wrong. Right. So, I mean, I think, you know, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But I mean, the, the obvious answer is, well, that interpretation is wrong and that's not what God's doing. Well, so there you go. There's wrong? the answer. I said that's the opposition side, like someone on the opposite yeah. side of the discussion than Chris. They would yeah, say, oh, well, they're wrong. Yeah, but like, let's say hi to reasons? <laughs> What are the reasons? What are the reasons they say? Brenda, you're asking you're asking like a complex question and you're wanting me to like dump like a dissertation level answer when about every single word and jot and tittle and i'm trying to just like hit the big points first so we can like be on the same page and start walking down the, uh, the being, argument i'm being honest and that i'm struggling to understand i, I, I think what nate's saying too hang on I was, uh, malik what's up malik you're the only one that hadn't spoken yet and i know you would probably is it fair to say malik let's just ask you um that god does not force someone to do something and then hold them accountable I don't know. Is, Isn't that would what that you be a just said he did? Yes, that's position I take. I believe in libertarian free will, and therefore God does not force people to do something. And, um, this is how you hold. This is how God holds men accountable. They're accountable for their actions because they've taken libertarian free will actions or free agents. Calvinists don't believe in libertarian free will. Correct. Well, I mean. Calvin is Calvin is not even Calvinist, so. <laughs> and Norman Geisler is not an Arminian. Yeah, so thank I, you. I be telling James White be slandering that man. He is not Arminian. Go ahead. So I, I'm I'm just being. I hope you understand that I'm being completely uh, candid in that this doesn't make any sense to me. It's just and because it seems to me very clearly like the kind of God I would not wish to um, uh, worship or give credence to. He could exist. There could be such a God, but I would not Brenda, consider you, such a God a wor worthy of, be, of that admiration. opinion should be, should be developed based on what Scripture says, not on your feelings. Yeah, so I have an opinion based on how I see Scripture, what it says, uh, but it sounds like you're, 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 you're basing just like, I wouldn't do it because he's a jerk. Not, yeah, I you would... Know, if, if yeah, Calvinism if was, was true, which is not, if it was true, and that's 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 the biblical concept, I would I would have no problem becoming a, a Calvinist because that's the biblical concept. Oh, I cannot no, no, wait I to convert things. you. But, but I don't my, believe things but, because they're biblical. So, so but, I believe things because they make sense to me, and it doesn't make sense to me to worship a deity that behaves that way. So then in short, yes, you have like three, you the you have like three options. Right. So on, on, okay, on one hand, uh, God doesn't exist. It's all fairy tales. On the other hand, you know, God is totally cool. You should repent. You should believe it. And, you know, it's, it's Alec, as Malik says, you're responsible for your own, own stuff. On the other hand, 
It says what Chris says, which Chris under, has his understanding, yet doesn't call God evil. But if, if that understanding is true, God is totally evil and an abominable, yet he totally exists. So get with the program or perish eternally. Those would yeah, be three things. That, that, so, well, I would, uh, I would not worship a deity that I thought was evil. Then your choice is made. That's easy. Yeah. So now you only have to you know, decide if you're correct. And if this deity exists, if you ever think, okay, you believe this deity exists, do you still think he's evil? And if so, you're like, I would not worship him, and that would be fine. Yeah. But before before you pull that trigger, I would want, if I were you, I would want to really analyze, because it's kind of important, you're convinced that God exists, and he's evil. So so are you as convinced he's evil as he does exist? Because before you well, say, oh, he's, he's evil, I'm not worshiping him, make very, very sure you understand that he is truly evil, and it's not just like gross misunderstanding on your part. If it is true that God makes people do things that he later then condemns them for, I consider that to be uh, uh, evil and not worthy of worship. Yeah, but then how do you know that's true? Brenda. But how do you know that's yeah, true? I, I, yeah, because I mean, you, you said it's true. To true. That's what you not. said. This is your... I never said that. That's Chris. You said there was this. There's so I, I forget, forgotten the king that you're even talking about. That's Chris. God not made me. him do it. Well, did God make him do a thing, and then and then blame him for the thing he made him do? So there's nuance here that you're not catching, and it's because you've got darkened understanding, and there's not really any way we're going to be able to explain it to you except to repent and believe. I mean, like, yeah, I don't I'm see how that really that solves anything. Well, it does, because, like, I mean, in order to understand these things, you have to have a redeemed heart. If you don't have a redeemed heart, you simply will not be able to understand the things. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that what true. that means. I, I don't understand what that means. What what difference does that make as, as far as Ephesians my ability? I actually do agree with Chris on that. You have darkened understanding and that there is no po It's like, do, let him who has ears to hear, you know, hear. And, and what God has done is that... You have a darkened understanding, like all other unbelievers. What, what is a darkened understanding? What is a darkened understanding? A darkened understanding is when there's two billion Christians on the world, and not one of them thinks they're serving an evil god, either because they they agree with Chris, but they have a very different understanding that does not make him evil, or they disagree with Chris, and he's legitimately, even by your standards, Brenda, not evil. You just don't believe he exists. So that's there's just an argument to mad That's just an argument to mad populum. No, no, I'm saying this is, you want to what dark Christians under, could be wrong. Brenda. In fact, you yes. think they're wrong. Brenda, hold on, stop interrupting. Otherwise, I think you don't want an answer to the question you asked. You said, what does a darkened heart mean? It doesn't matter if, if I'm right, if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm answering your question. You could do what you will with that. But a darkened heart means two billion Christians, not one of them thinks they're serving an evil God. How do they have that understanding versus how do all the people that say, well, if God exists, he's evil, have that understanding? That's the difference of a darkened yeah. heart. If you have a darkened heart, you see the stuff of God in the Bible and think either he doesn't exist and or is evil. And if yeah. you don't have a darkened heart, you're like, oh, how could a God be evil who literally came and died for us because he loves humanity so much that whosoever will will be re reconciled to this God? How can that God be evil? He's not. Okay. Or, so, 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 or, the ability or, to understand a logical or, fallacy. Or, sorry, I have a, a green bean. Or, 
These things are being very poorly explained to Brenda. And what we've established in the last half an hour is that Brenda doesn't like Calvinist doctrine. That that's possible, um, right? Or I reject. I can hold, I can explain on, it to you. I, I really don't want you to talk right now, Brenda. Just hush. I have to have so much patience with you. You bother me. All right. So Brenda is pushing back against the idea that God could make someone do something and then punish that person for the thing God made them do, which I fully agree. God never does. That would be a horrific thing. God doesn't do that. So I think instead of telling Brenda that Brenda's uh, understanding is darkened and, and do this whole like John Lee thing where it's like, oh, well, you're just like sent to your atheism forever and you're a vessel created for destruction and God never loved you. Like, the, yeah, that's one track we could take with Brenda. Another track is to say, hey, maybe we should look into the historical context of some of these things and assess what the motives of all of the players were and whether we decide that we think this was just or not. Because the reality is that God does not ask us to accept injustice just for the sake of him being God. I'm sorry, I can't. Okay, my kid. But God doesn't ask us to just accept injustice because he's God. We're given sufficient explanation for these problems. Maybe we could try to explain to Brenda instead of telling Brenda that they're just like, you know, going straight to hell. Sure. My understanding, though, is I was told in here that that this is exactly what happens. This king was uh, uh, made to do something by God and then blamed by God for for those actions. Which king are we which talking about? Me, which see, I don't remember. Oh, which okay, hold on, ben, ben, hold on, hold on. Which Isaiah king? Can, king of Assyria, when he destroys Judah. Okay, so the king of Assyria destroys Judah. And can we have an explanation about why the king of Assyria was instructed to destroy Judah? Well, it's not, okay. It's not that, that there is, that God is the primary cause. God is the secondary cause. There's primary and secondary causes, okay? So it's a bit more nuanced. When we say that we hold, the only point I was trying to make was with rags is that we hold things in tension. That's the only point I was trying to make. And Isaiah 10 shows that. Can I? Now, when we talk about the king of Assyria, we're talking about the king of Assyria has a heart that is toward wickedness. The king of Assyria will follow his wicked heart. He can do nothing but follow his wicked heart because he has a wicked heart. It's not like he's got a second heart waiting in the wings. He has a wicked heart that he is going to follow. His wicked heart is telling him to destroy Judah. God will then hold him accountable for that wicked heart and the actions that his wicked heart has him take. That is the and entire... Cap, we'll get right... Oh, sorry, Cap, Cap we'll, get, we'll get right to you, but real quick, an observation, Brenda. This has been the multiplest time <laughs> um, that you... you keep harkening back and say, you were told this here in this room. You were also told the opposite in this room. Malik told you something completely different. He said something that you would agree with if you just believed it was true, that, you know, you're held accountable for your own actions. God is not commanding this. So you've yeah. heard multiple things, yes, but you keep harkening, correct. but you, thank you, but you keep harkening back to like the most, you know, the most extreme yeah. bad version and then acting like you didn't hear well, the opposite, which you, you well, did. It's, so it's I would say because... It's because you don't believe in in libertarian free will. Uh, I have, Stephen Malak believe wait, in libertarian free will. They certainly wait, do. Well, hang on. We're, Cap has something to say, but for the record, I haven't said what I believe. I've been a neutral arbiter during this whole thing, so you, you, I don't think you know Calvinists, what I believe other than I disagree. Do with Calvinists Christ. believe in libertarian free will? No. Calvinists do not, but I also haven't. Yeah, there we go. 
but I haven't said what I am. <laughs> Anyways, Cap, what's up, Cap? Hey. You you were trying to say uh, something. Yeah, and this is Carlton, by the way. It's just Carlton in Greek. Why uh, is everyone changing their name? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trying to encourage everybody. Um, yeah, well, Brenda, I was just curious because um, at least Steph made a point earlier about how there are different understandings in Christian thought, and it seems like you're har- you're you're very much harping on this Calvinist view. Um, is there a reason why, when someone says there's a different yeah. view, that you're you're still listing that one as definitive? My understanding is this Thank is you. a Calvinist room. No, all three minds are <laughs> no. Calvinist, no. Calvinist room. No. Yeah, that's my we actually have, That's what I. We actually have an all okay. Arminian panel today for one. Yeah, me and Vaniel are the only Calvinists in the entire room. I'm not an Arminian, by the way, either. I'm just a, an I'm just a, I'm not. Wait, a, wait, hold on, hold on. You better not break that commitment. You better not. I'm with the Thomist. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm balanced. Uh, I'm biblical. Anyway, but yeah, Brenda, um, is there? So then, it, since this isn't a Calvinist room, is there? Are, are you open to hearing like the different perspectives with that? So because. Then, uh, did, God did not harden the king of Assyria's heart. So it depends on what you mean by harden, right? Because the whole notion is that, um, and I think this is sort of what Chris was talking about, where like there's things that people will freely choose to do that God can then utilize. And I think that's what Chris was saying. So that if, for instance, let's say the king of Assyria has a negative disposition and wants to destroy Israel, and then Israel has been being just a bad nation. God is using the king of Assyria's evil motives, and he's using that as a way to discipline Israel. But then that doesn't make what Assyria did good in itself either, because they're still a wicked nation. And so even though like they would still be judged as well. And so both of them are utilizing judgment, but they're still utilizing free actions. And as far as hardening goes, at least with what you see in the Bible, one, there are different words that are used for that. And so there's sort of what could be called like a confirmatory hardening. And then there's sort of like how people harden their own heart. And so a lot of times what it'll say is that uh, like basically like people can harden their own hearts and it says that they made them heavy. And then uh, sometimes it'll say that God strengthened that. And what that'll mean is sort of, because uh, I think God has knowledge of everything that people would do and what they would respond with and the like. And so if someone's heart is hardened and they've hardened their own heart, the same sun that melts wax uh, hardens clay. And so I guess I just say sort of in response, like their heart hardens in response sometimes to God. So it would still be sort of a result of their own choices as well. So, and if God utilizes that for a certain ends, it doesn't mean that the freedom of the agent is negated. Th- does that make sense? So then my understanding then is that we are def- we are all definitely uh, agreed that if God was a kind of God who hardened men's hearts and then blamed them for the having a hardened heart, that that would not be the kind of God we would wish to worship. Uh, no, that's not what I'm saying. The whole, the whole, sounding, I'm, it sounded give, give me to me like second. that's what you're saying. That's what I heard. No. Let me, hey, let me I, take I, one quick step. Hang on. I, I'm going to have to step away for just a second. Let me take one more stab at this. Uh, Brenda. So I don't know why Chris hadn't done the CS. Chris, 